listen to the brand new season of the Voice of Survival podcast every other Friday right here on the Journey into Comics Network at journeyintocomics.com. Following, following the following the journey into comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. We're gonna fuck the sodomites in the carriage. Hello and welcome to Podcast Fee episode 80. I'm your host, Dick. And with me, of course, is Tyler. I'm back and alive. He's back. It's been, stuff. what, two weeks? Two weeks. It's been two weeks. Your beard is a lot more full now. Makes me happy. Yes. You're, you returned from your uh, press tour. My press tour. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since, since you've been on our show, you've been on Journey into Comics twice and Game Addicts podcast. And I was almost on Poor Report, or the Poor 360 Almost. Damn. You've been um, a busy boy. I needed, like, I was thinking about this on my way over here because I stopped and got a care package for myself of cherry vanilla Pepsi, a giant bag of Funyuns that I ate the whole bag on the way over here. <laughs> Hell yeah. Original recipe Butterfinger because I don't fuck with that new recipe. It is nasty. Like, I would lick just nasty. I would lick your asshole before I fucking put another one of those new recipe butterfingers in my mouth. You heard it here, folks. Now here's the thing, because because welcome Brandon. Hi, how you doing, guys? It's been the you know first time I've been on since episode fifty. Yeah, Uh, it's you know it's been a you know a little minute, but all right. So I thought about this and and specifically about you. Okay. Okay. In in some ways, you remind me of George Carlin. Okay. Because uh, I remember him saying I, that he didn't have pet peeves. He has severe psychotic fucking hatreds. Yes. <laughs> yes. That is me. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? When things like, you know, you're pretty easygoing about most things. But when there's something that really upsets you, it like it literally just goes from here to 11.11 for you. Yeah. When, when I'm when, – if something is on my radar, it is either – very beneficial to myself or people I love or just, you know, society. But if it's not that, it is a bad thing. And it is DEFCON 5. <laughs> I'm calling in the Marines. I'm dropping nukes on people. I'm pissed off about it. Yeah. Um, You're sending smoke signals to get the other tribes to rally. Yes, I'm, I'm powwowing. Uh, I'm having the, the moot with the Ents. Uh, you know, we're going to fucking take down Isengard because, you know, Saruman's cutting down the trees. Got lots of problems with shit. (laughs) And the new and updated, improved recipe for Butterfingers is fucking one of them. It is nasty. I want to add to that a little bit before I'm done ranting about my care package. Hold on. This is great because you didn't even bring it up. We had been planning to bring this up just to get you out The Butterfingers? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, we were we were planning to trigger the fuck out of you. I spent and you did it yourself. I spent <laughs> I spent eight minutes 
in the gas station. I timed it. Eight minutes looking for original recipe Butterfingers. Okay? <laughs> Scouring the place. I, I fucking, I dug through that rack of candy. I wanted I'm the surprised you didn't stock up up north, because didn't you talk about it on JIC? Well, I did. I happened to stop at a gas station when I left uh, Pod HQ, and all they had was new and improved recipe Butterfingers. Aw. So, um, anyway... So we took Ruby to see how how to uh, how to train your dragon, the new one. Enjoy it. Opening weekend, it was great. Not as good as the second one, but still fantastic way to end the story. So my dad, it was all my dad was in town. My dad and I are standing in line. Skylar and Ruby went to get our seats, and I'm like, "Yeah, I want some fucking popcorn because I fuck with popcorn real hard." Yeah, and I was like, too. "I gotta get some fucking Mountain Dew." Because I fuck with Mountain Dew. And then I was like, you know what? Nate told me that they changed the recipe for Butterfinger. I need a fucking Butterfinger right now. So I said, hey, give me some of them Butterfinger snack bites. Didn't even look at the box. Oh, no. Didn't look at the box. Oh, no. I sit down in my seat, inhale my large popcorn by myself like I always do. Yeah. And I've I've bear witnessed. You've witnessed. I have to. I grabbed that box of Butterfinger snack bites off my little chair tray. And as I'm opening it, I grab one, put it in my mouth. And right as soon as my taste buds register that, hey, there's a Butterfinger in your mouth, my wife leans over and goes, they're the new recipe. <laughs> and I didn't, I hadn't even chewed them up yet. I hadn't even chewed it up yet. I looked down at the box and in bold fucking red blasphemous letters, it says new and improved. And it's not. It's nasty. So I thought, okay, okay. I'll chew it. I'll eat it. I'll even swallow it. And I'll try another one to see if number two is better than number one. Nope. It was worse. I need to try this. I have. Yeah? I tried it just uh, last week. It's not as good as it. It is not as good. I didn't hate it, but however, however, I would be disinclined to buy another one. That is like the nicest way that I can remember. Remember, okay. So you guys remember back to let's go back to 1997. We were all alive in 1997. We were all. I was. We were all um, cognitive, or what's the word I want to use? Uh, We were all aware, self-aware in 1997. Mm -hmm. You guys remember Butterfinger BBs? Absolutely. Remember how fucking delicious they were? Bart Simpson and those Mm -hmm. fucking peanut butter round, those peanut butter orbs of deliciousness and joy. So you're reminding me of the commercial. Oh, yeah. Which reminds, which made me think of the old Cheez-It commercials. Oh, yeah. Or what, it was, it was Cheez-It or... Uh, Wasn't it the? Are you are you talking the about Ritz? Yeah. The the Ritz peanut butter? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, those were just like the most satisfying, like... Like textures happening. Oh, yeah. It's like you and watch the cheese like a, ones were even better. Yeah, it's like watching an ASMR video back yes. in the nineties. So, you guys remember like how how important Butterfinger BBs were to us? I wasn't even a big candy guy back then. I've never been a Butterfinger guy, so hold on. But when I okay, so this applies to Reese's cups too. Oh no, because they changed <laughs> Reese's changed their packaging about three years ago, and yeah. now the Reese's cups don't taste the same. I just saw they have new Reese's Thins, mm-hmm. which is the which is not like, and they charge the same amount as like a regular. So now they can get away for like giving you less. Mm-hmm. 
So, so <laughs> just, just really dive into your nostalgia and remember how delicious Butterfinger BBs were. They took those away from us. The next Butterfinger thing that we got, you know, like six or seven years ago, was the Butterfinger cups. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. their attempt at copying the Reese's cup, they are also nasty. I didn't care for them. They are not very good. So here we are, 2019. Butterfinger is still doing its thing. It is cornflake, peanut butter flavored cornflakes covered in chocolate. That's a Butterfinger. The inside of a Butterfinger is cornflakes. And it's just like, you know what? I think I'm going to fuck all this up. (laughs) We've been around for a long time. You know what? Let's just change it. A Butterfinger now tastes like you didn't used to like but you didn't like Butterfinger before. Watch, he's gonna be the one that likes it. Okay, so see, I, I, it, it's not that I didn't like Butterfinger; it's just not my favorite. Okay, it's like, it's like a fucking Kit Kat. It's so like, it's not your, my fucking favorite. Your opinion of a Butterfinger before? Now let me just throw this at you. Take that flavor, remove all of it, replace it with waxy texture. Mm. A whopper from five hol- or five Halloweens ago. Mm. I almost thought you were gonna say five Holocausts ago. Okay, <laughs> I, I, was, I was going whopper from fucking Burger King. But <laughs> I was like, okay, this is weird. Five Halloweens old whopper. Okay. Okay. And a half-eaten. Can I still think about a Burger King whopper? Sure. Okay. Um, a half-eaten Crunch Bar. Mm. Yeah. The peanut butter in the new f- recipe reminds me of the peanut butter in the whatchamacallit bar. Yeah. That it, that kind of resonated with me. I, maybe I, I would think different if I had them side by side. The malt, the malt flavor was so strong in the little snack bites that I had that I couldn't taste any of the peanut butter at all. Nate says they took away the stuff that made them unhealthy, to which I say, you know, bullshit. You know, if... It's already a candy bar. Right. Stop, stop trying to make candy bars more healthy for the masses. We already know what we're doing to ourselves. Yeah. We are consenting to what's happening. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> My freedom of consent has been removed. It, it, they changed cereal a long time ago, too. Like, mm-hmm. either that or it's just like tricks. Like, tricks are for kids, and we just don't. We, we're we, adults we, now. Yeah, we're adults, and we can't uh, see So, them. maybe, maybe not that. only did they change the shape of it, or maybe we don't see the shape of it. And we also don't taste it the same. We can't. Tricks does not what, taste the same it as it doesn't. did when I was We can't a kid. see why kids love Cinnamon Toast Crunch anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, Cocoa Puffs and Reese's Puffs don't taste the same. They don't taste the same. When they brought back Oreo O's, they're a little bit different too. Did and you Count got, Chocula? Yeah. That really pissed me off. I was a big fan of Boo Berry. They fucked up Boo Berry too. Uh, for the longest time, I, it took me a long time to realize it. And it was just one of those thoughts in my head. That I just mold around every time I thought about it. <laughs> it's weird to say, but I was like, you know, I haven't seen Count Chocula in a while. <laughs> and then, I, and then Halloween happens, and it's on the shelves. I'm like, when the hell did they start doing it only on Halloween? Right. Uh, I guess they've been doing it for a while only on Halloween. So I went and bought six boxes of it only to find that they it was changed nasty. It the fucking recipe. Yeah. So, so did you guys eat the the French toast crunch in the nineties? Yes. Yeah. Do you remember how delicious it was? Mm-hmm. It's not delicious anymore. It's not the same. It tastes like the cardboard. <laughs> That's what it tastes like. There's hardly any cinnamon. 
Some would argue that tastes like uh, Monocle's pizza. <laughs> and those people are uneducated, and they are swine. You know what? Domino's used to taste like the cardboard. And then they re- then they fixed their dough. Yep. The rest of it's not so great. I've actually always liked Domino's, even after they before and after they Well, changed. okay. See, like, because here's the thing. I'm a, like, junk food, like, eating monster. You are. And, and can eat anything. You, like you like I you 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 are like a connoisseur of junk food because you're always bringing in like different flavors of Mountain Dew and chips. Right. And, uh, while still eating healthy food that you made at home. Sure, sure. <laughs> so, well, and, and, and the thing is, is that like you, I, I'm fascinated like by new drinks, new things, and yeah. and, and of course they're always going to change it and like take all the good things away from us. But you know, I I can't say that. One of the few things that they ever brought back that tastes exactly as I remember it was high C ecto cooler. Oh yeah, mm. yeah. See, I I didn't get to try it when they brought it back. They brought it back a few years ago for the for the Ghostbusters sequel that they did, and uh, the the best thing about them doing a new Ghostbusters sequel is the fact that they brought back high C ecto cooler, and we ordered the crap out of it, and then we found it at our local ruler, and we just stockpiled it, and until it was all gone, and then just like. And I, and I am this guy. Just like when I had my very last Mountain Dew Supernova, I drank the last high C Ecto Cooler in a champagne glass. <laughs> Did you have Surge in the 90s? Yes. Does New Surge taste the same as Old Surge? Because I never had Surge in the 90s. It's pretty darn close. It, I've only had it in, 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 the yeah, newer, in, the, in the modern era. And see, okay... So there, there's also another thing that's going on around the, around here with all of these things coming back and all of these th- them changing things or like even things because our taste buds change as we grow. Every five years, your taste buds completely dissolve you know, and regrow. So like I never, ever liked or wanted to have anything to do with sushi. And all of a sudden it's like, fine, I'll try it. And I'm I'll like, fuck with that. What? And it was the same thing with like uh, sauerkraut or anything like that. Mm-hmm. As a kid, get that shit away from me. And then I like, you know, hey, like, curiosity. Here I am, twenty five, you know, all thirty years old, taking taking a nibble, and I'm like, do I want to go home and make sauerkraut? And my wife is like, no, you will not stink up my house. And I'm that, like, that fermented cabbage is delicious. But what if I like it That's now? And it, it, it's the same thing. Surge to me tastes pretty damn close. It doesn't. It doesn't have. I mean, maybe it's because we're not kids. Also, it doesn't give that same rush. Of uh, having all having a whole night's full of energy off of one beverage. Uh, however, shortly after I moved uh, to uh, to Indiana, this is like 2007. I found an original Jolt Cola. What? It was at a Big Lots. It was probably 20 years old. It was in a <laughs> it was in a 24 ounce bottle, and I bought one. It was a Sunday. It was a Sunday before going back to work from that from my very first shutdown. And I remember drinking this thing, not uh, have having ever have tried any sort of narcotic, other than <laughs> alcohol. There are some uppers in that damn thing. I have never felt that sort of caffeine sugar rush high off of a single beverage ever. It was awesome and scary at the same time. I was I like, trying to, I was trying to put together a fan I like that how, I bought at Big Lots also. I like how you're saying <laughs> beverage. And. Uh, I was bouncing off the walls. I might have said, like, I was saying some crazy shit. I was like, cloud nine. Was there peyote in it? <laughs> there may have been. I don't know. <laughs> I, if there was, I want some. 
And I'll see, order a slat of that shit right now. And then, of course, they brought it back later on as like a different beverage. It's not the same. This this was like original Jewel Cola. And, you know, everybody from back in the 80s, like, you don't know shit. You, like, Surge ain't shit next to Joel Cole, and I will attest because that <laughs> shit. I remember tackling my girlfriend, who would become my wife, onto the bed, staring deeply into her eyes and telling her that I was her Salisbury steak sauce. Mm. I'm not sure why that got brought up. <laughs> Get my little book out. Yeah, yeah write that steak down. Sauce. Anyway, sp- speaking of bringing, you know, always having new things, I did bring stuff for us to try. Awesome. So. Let's 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 get it out. Let's see this. So while he's getting prepped there, I ha- like I'm obviously not Brandon's level of junk food connoisseur. Yeah. But I also love it because I almost Ooh. bought one of those when I bought this. Orange vanilla coke. It's supposed to taste like a dreamsicle. Kind of does. Hmm. I've had the zero variety. I have not tried the original. I bought one for 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 each of us oh, to try. Oh, thank you. And uh, so, I mean, I knew, I know that there's a show on the network called Brews with Dudes. This is more like Cokes with Blokes. Ooh. Cokes with Blokes. I like it. <laughs> but every time, like, I don't eat very much. Oh, that's not it. <laughs> I try and, like, eat somewhat health conscious. Hold on. Let's, let's do what Nick does. Hold on. Right here. Oh, I thought we were going to do it in tandem. I'll do it, too. Do it, too. Let's have a, a chain of them. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh! But every time I see something that I love, <laughs> smell it like it's a beer too. <laughs> mm. You can what kind a, of smell it already. What a pleasant yeah. aroma! Yeah, I do. Let's see how the mouthfeel is. Ah, uh, yes, canned carbon, like very acidic, Ooh. kind of flat, but very delicious. As far as the dreamsicle goes, yeah, I'm getting dreamsicle for sure. Mm-hmm. For and sure. see, it's like, I, I I feel like it's a bit light, and it doesn't overpower the fact that it's still Coke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there there's still enough Coke in there within its fabric and makeup to to tell you that that this is in fact a Coke, and the flavor is just like mm, right there, kicking in the background. You smell it, it hits you, and then you're like Coke, and then it kind of comes back in with the aftertaste of Dreamsicle. There's a um, soda. There's a type of soda that's sold in Europe. It's a German soda. It's called Mezzo Mix. It is orange soda and cola blended and then packaged. And it is one of the greatest things that I've ever consumed in my life. But what I was saying was from the from the junk food perspective, much like when I hate my like when I get fired up about stuff like that, I'll, I'll see something that I have to have, and then I'll look at it, and then in the back of my mind, I'll hear, treat yourself. By all means, from me to you, treat yourself. My man, I'm going to eat this one right now. <laughs> what you get there? It's a Butterfinger. OG. Original OG. I wish we had a, a, a new one so I could compare. Yeah, right? Um, I bought that a few weeks ago, right when they were coming out, and I was like, uh, Meyer had their like super junk food. What's up? Hey, Miranda, go get me a Butterfinger. <laughs> Don't actually go get me a Butterfinger. That's okay. <laughs> that would be like the... She she would then be considered super producer. She would. She would. <laughs> I mean, she's already she's already gone to Dog and Suds, waited for half an hour in line to bring it back here for us all to enjoy. Yeah. What's happening to Tyler right now? 
is that yeah. he is in an he's he is in an oral orgasmic bliss. Yeah, break it down. He's got some. He's got some of the cornflakes, the the matted, brittle cornflakes stuck to his teeth right now, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's going to keep the flavor, you know, hanging around just a little bit mm-hmm. for for when after the candy bar is done, he can sit there, rub his tongue right across that crust that's laying on top of his teeth, and he's like, mm, "I'll never experience this again." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you very much, Brandon. <clears throat> For spoiling me like you always do. Well, okay, so here's the thing. You know, my, my intention was to trigger you and then to offer a peace offering at the end. Cause I, cause I, because I didn't want you to leave today. I mean, I, I didn't expect to leave with it. I figured we would kind of like build up into it. Uh, but He did it himself. Yeah, yeah I know. He's just like, damn it, no. <laughs> he this triggered first, himself. Right out of the gate. We are covering this you, right away. You don't even need the peace offering. He did it to himself. Well, no. But I'm glad he did. All my way here, well, he all tried. the way back to the beginning of this conversation... I am a hungry boy today. I ate lunch at my normal time, and pretty much since I finished lunch, I've been hungry all day. So on the way here, I was like, you know what? I'm going to stop and get a care package. In the last month, in good conscience, I I can honestly say I have consumed 5,000 calories worth of Funyuns in the last four weeks. Funyuns... Didn't used to be my favorite, but it is hands down my favorite salty carb. Or, uh, yeah, I'll take one of them too. Hey, uh, what's that? It's a payday. The payday? Mm-hmm. It's not the kind of paydays I've ever seen. It's a good one. I'm too afraid to get another pineapple milkshake out because, like, they've been nothing but carbonation. They've been exploding again. It's it's it's, it's almost like the um, like the cookies and cream nuggets. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's bad. Which sucks because I still have a four pack and one can left. But mentally, my mental health has been struggling here lately because I've been under a lot more stress than I have been in the last year and a half. I feel you with that, man. And uh, the time that I spent at Subaru, that was all like heal time from all the trauma that I had experienced before that. Mentally, I finally got right and I did it without medication. And now I'm back to being stressed out again, and I'm just about to the point where I, I've got enough. I've had a lot of pride in the fact that I've been able to heal my mind, or at least I thought heal my mind, without medication. I'm to the point now where, much like pride in the workplace, pride doesn't make you any money. Pride doesn't, pride doesn't keep you alive. Yeah. So, I think I'm gonna treat myself to some delicious medication. <clears throat> Well, definitely, dude. I mean, you got to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, Let's try. Sure, I'll, I'll give it a try. This is the ugly gamer sweater from 450 North. <laughs> I think I remember you seeing you post a picture of this. This butterfinger is so fucking good. Um, <laughs> but it's also very, it, 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 it shows a lot of growth that you're able to recognize it in general. You yeah. Know what I mean, the, that you know your mind, you know your body enough to know that something's not right. Mm-hmm. And to, you know, do whatever you need to do to take care of it. That that shows that you've that you've been there, you've conquered it, and now this is just you know, it's more. And, it, and you know, and I've been there too. Sometimes it could take a little bit for me to really notice it. It all depends on how busy I am, right? And and, and, and like, like into my day to day, and it, it's one of those things where it could just kind of hit you, right? When you don't want it to. I've noticed that with you. You know, 
you'll you'll you you have a tendency to go headlong into things and like that you're passionate about mm -hmm. and uh so you'll be you'll be focused on that you'll be going hardcore at it and then out of nowhere you'll just be like i'm, I'm not doing it <laughs> for me i think it becomes um to use a term from like uh from from some bethesda games i get over encumbered <laughs> yeah and it's almost like i don't really realize i'm doing it to myself until yeah. i'm already well that far into it right picked it, up way too many apples and pans mm -hmm. exactly uh, scrolls. God, i need that abraxo cleaner <laughs> I, I, I need that wonder glue <laughs> you, you find yourself carrying way too much and whether that affects you know your work your personal life you know my goal is always let those things never get affected mm-hmm you know, no matter what's going on, let's keep those and, you know, always try to be the best husband, best dad that I can be, try and go to work and not fail enough at work. You know, I think I've worked in my position long enough that I can know when I'm doing a bad job. <laughs> so I can, I'm not saying that I coast, but I'm saying that I have coasted before, but just like doing good enough. Uh, but again, you know, like if I was brand new in the area, I couldn't do that. You know, our, our work is a lot it's very, very involved. It's very involved, very intricate. It's very precise. Yeah. And so, therefore, it's like the more that you know, the more that you get good at, the more that you can do that. But for me, here recently, um, I would probably say since November, I've been down. And I can't tell you exactly why. I can't tell you what's like what triggered anything. Whether or not that, whether I'm experiencing the winter blues for the first time, I don't know. That's that's a big part of it for me in the winter time, when I don't. And I, I, I've had so many shit doctors in my life. I can't tell you whether or not I'm vitamin D deficient. Mm -hmm. But the the I can tell you, in my opinion, I'm almost certain that I am happier when I have a lot of exposure to sunlight. I am not as happy or not as mentally sound. When I am stuck inside all the time, as much as I love to sit and play video games for 12 to 18 hours straight, uh, you know, during the summertime, I'll binge play video games and then go outside and mow my yard. Mm -hmm. Something I hate doing. I hate fucking mowing the grass, but that I think that exposure to sunlight has a big, um, a big effect on my mental state. Well, and to that, with the whole sunlight thing, that <clears throat> can explain a lot. During my second shift years, I would have pretty big swings, and like in the wintertime, you know, like <clears throat> if we had, a, we, you know, sometimes by the time we get to work, it would be sunlight for just an hour. Right. And then I would go home. By the time I went to bed, the sun wouldn't even be up again. Mm -hmm. So it's just one of those things where like in the wintertime, you never saw the sun. Yeah, I struggled with it in high school, too. You know, I would get to school in the dark, and then I would get home in the dark. And then you're just, you know, there's a lot of research on the people that live in Alaska and experience, you know, pure darkness or pure light, almost. For and it, like, it, what, almost three months? Yeah. Out of the year? Yeah. And it, it it's just, it's not good for your brain. No. Well, no, because, I mean, you can really... <laughs> really drive yourself nuts mm -hmm. and uh, you know i the yeah like circling back to what you said you know like you know saying that you're gonna you know go through and you know try and find something to help you whether it's something that you've tried before mm -hmm. just go you know 
have a talk. I mean, just opening up that dialogue is it would like would be a great thing to get yourself right on the right track. And you know, it, especially right now, I mean, you're going through a lot, and you're 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 making moves to really solidify your career mm-hmm. in your family. And, and I mean, these are important times. Well, and part of the reason I brought this up is, you know, as prideful as a person as you want to be, or as stubborn as a person as you want to be. I mean, there's no shame in saying, you know what? I need to go. I I need some help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because for years, or, you know, for the last couple of years, I said, I'm not going to use medication as a crutch. I'm going to fix my fucking brain. And if I can't, then I can't. But I'm going to try to do it. Yeah. Um, But, you know, asking for help doesn't make you any less of a human being. Yeah. I mean, years ago, so... I was in this. I was in the band Drench, and I actually sought help. I, I sought medical help because I thought I had like severe, like not severe, but mild anxiety, mm-hmm. and that was that was stunting my creative ability and my ability to perform in the band. So I saw. So I was like, I, I need something for medica- medication wise for my anxiety. So what can you do? And they're like, eh, anything we're going to do is just going to numb you. And I don't think you want that for what you're doing. I was like, oh, okay. So that was kind of, that was a bummer. And then I just realized maybe this isn't right for me. Maybe this band isn't right for me or, and, uh, cause I got tired of holding them back. So I left and then I focused on the production side of music rather than the writing side. Mm-hmm. And that, that really sparked me. And suddenly I was feeling tons better. And then now I have this podcast because of all that. And so when I, I, I essentially put music completely on the back burner for this podcast. And that again, once again, just sparked me. So it's, it's, I think fine. Like when you know something's wrong and when you make that change in your life, it's, it, it can really help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes for me, when that, it, it's almost like, uh, what happened to me last year and pretty much I got told you're spreading yourself too thin. And of course me, I'm like, I'm fine. What the fuck is wrong with you? No. It's I, fine. I'm fine. Nothing is wrong. <laughs> nothing is wrong. Were you just referencing the dog in yeah. the fire meme? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, everything is fine. You know, the whole world, you know, the whole house burning down, right? But in reality, it wasn't. My, my, my mental state was not right. I wasn't taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. I was taking care of everybody else. And that's, that's a downfall to me. I worry about every single other person other than myself. You know, I always put others first and that came to me as an, an, an anxiety attack. So what do you do? Like here I am. I like to think that I'm a, a, a very well, well together, put together guy trying to dissect. Why did I react this way? Why was it utter? Like, and it's clear that it was denial. I was like in denial of somebody telling me I had a problem mm-hmm. when in reality I did have a problem. And I needed I needed to to cut off certain things, you know, limit myself, and then take take a breath, take a breath for you. What do you and like like What do you like to do, Brando? Well, shit, I like to I like to play games. When's the last time you played a game? Fuck, months, months. It had been months. I was so focused on so many other things. I'm like, you know what? That's when I play God of War. Mm. That's when I sat down and played God of War. You fucking picked a good one. Well, and I mean, it was just a matter of like, sure, I, I had time to play here and there, 
But as you grow as a human, as you grow to get more responsibility, whether that's with children or your families, work, what well, you know, your hobbies or everything, it be, you can over encumber yourself very easily. You can all of a sudden be move, like moving so fast, doing so many things, trying to ju- trying to juggle so many things that it can, it can have a detrimental effect on you, even though you're having fun, even mm-hmm. though you're, you know, enjoying yourself, you know, it's putting a strain on you. Mm-hmm. And when other people start to notice that, and then, uh, of course, like I said, the big manly man, denial. No, I'm fine. Get off my lawn. Uh, no, okay, you're not. <laughs> and it's like only in reflection was I able to really see I wasn't right. Oh, yeah. You know? And it, and it, it didn't take very long for that reflection to, to kick in, but it was just like, man, why did I react in such a negative way to that? Was it how it was said to me? Was it this or that? Okay, maybe this, but it's like, what... What is there ever a good time or a good way to tell somebody, hey, you know, are you okay? You know, like maybe you've been going too hard. Well, because that's the other side of what I said about the, you know, you're not less of a person to ask for help. Mm -hmm. We as people, a lot of times, even though we deeply care about somebody, we don't want to offend them by saying, hey, man, are you doing all right? Mm -hmm. You know, everything going okay at home, you know, whatever. Whatever it is, however you you pose that question, most of the times we don't want to offend. We don't want to be the person that's like, oh, yeah, fucking get off my back, mom. I'm doing okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, I made my bed this morning. Like, it with with the, with the best intentions, um, you know, a lot of times regardless how you say it, perception is reality for, for most people. And they can take it uh, as you being condescending and maybe maybe a tad uh, hostile when it's always the the best of intentions. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Good talk. Good talk. As per usual, when I come on the show, things start going deep, man. Well, we went. I mean, we went. We went to the height of the Butterfinger Mountains. <laughs> like we went through. Butterfinger um, Prime, the the golden age of of delicious peanut butter candy, and then you know we we, we tracked through the seven layers of the nostalgia forest, and then then we ended up in the pit of despair, and then we saw a a, a sunshine smiley face cloud, and we we rode a rainbow to salvation. Very nicely put. We Thank you. we rode the rainbow. To- Rode a rainbow to salvation in the talons of freedom. Yes. <laughs> the talons of yes. freedom. And uh, that freedom. Really did. Yeah, not, I, I dug it. Good. Yeah. Uh, that, that, the talons of freedom belong to an American bald eagle. Of course. Right. Um, has this story been shared yet? It has not been oh, shared. Yes. I've been saving it. Hell yes. That's why this episode's called The Talons of Freedom. I was going to ask you, but I'm just going <laughs> to let this play out. So, as you know. Our temporary John, very interesting fellow. <laughs> so he just—I I just happened to overhear him talk. I think it was, he was talking to Laura, mm. and he said, uh, "So, or maybe he was talking to me, and I was just walking away, and I, I don't know." I, you were doing that thing where you were detached from reality again. <laughs> I do that. It oh. does. It happens. <laughs> uh, 
excuse me. So I hear him say, I saw, I, what I thought he said was, I saw a bald eagle in my room. And I'm like, what? Okay, so yeah, he was talking to somebody else, and I, I heard that and chimed in. I'm like, what? Inside your room? Because, <laughs> no, I saw it from my room. Oh. Oh. Okay. I thought that, he had like a like a crazy freedom animal sex thing going on. I was like, that would honestly be very terrifying. He's like, oh, I know. It, it would rip me to death. Oh, yeah. Those those big those are big fucking birds, man. <laughs> and then he, he out of nowhere, I started walking away. And he's like, what? what is the average wingspan of an American bald eagle? I'm like, I don't know, seven to eight feet. And he's like, wow, that's, that's astounding. That's, that's astounding. <laughs> and then he looks it up over lunch. Of course. Yeah. Cause that's him. He's got it. He's got to know. If there's a, if there's a tidbit of information that is missing, he must find out everything about it. Yeah. So he's like, dude, you were right. It's like five to six feet. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I know my, I know my birds of prey. Okay. <laughs> and then, and then I, I told you didn't i yeah and uh that's where the whole talents of freedom thing what did you say exactly um well uh, this is this is a week out i'm yeah I'm gonna, and then i'm trying to like go back we've been saving this and it didn't work because it was supposed to be last week on last right. week's episode um i said like he said like man those things are like could rip me apart i'm like with the talons of freedom yes <laughs> God, I want to get, I want to get a really badass bald eagle tattoo like somewhere on my body, where it's the fucking like he's he's diving with the talons first instead of beak first. Yeah, the fucking talons, and just I want like one of those like like really artsy scrolls, and it just says fucking talons freedom, <laughs> and there's like fireworks going off in the background. <laughs> When Blaine had told me that he thought he had heard that he saw a bald eagle in his room, I said, that is the most heritage thing I think I've heard in a while. I have a bald eagle in my room. That's Jethro. (laughs) (laughs) We share the apartment. He keeps the rodents to a minimum. Wow. (laughs) It's a fucking bald eagle with a mullet named Jethro. <laughs> Rodents and small dogs <laughs> and small peoples. Patriotism in the front, party in the back. Fuck yeah! <laughs> I told uh, Cameron has a mohawk. Did I hear now. there's communism here? <laughs> <laughs> so Cameron has a mohawk now. Okay. Uh, and I, I told him he needs to grow it out to a mullet hawk. Oh my god! I'm so hard right now. <laughs> a mullet hawk. Yes. Yeah. God, he needs to do it. So let's let's think back to the eighties to the early nineties when we replaced the mullet with the bowl cut. Oh yeah, just right right before that, right on the edge in the heyday of the mullet. Every culture had their version of the mullet. We had the OG mullet. Women had the she mullet, where yeah. it was. You know, that fucking hair was teased in the front. The and it was it looked like a fucking pony or a thoroughbred's tail in the back. <laughs> you had you had the OG mullet, you had the rat mullet, the oh. fucking mullet tail. Yeah. The rat yeah. tail? Yeah, oh yeah. Yes. The Jedi braid. Black yeah. people had the Jerry Curl mullet. 
Yes. Where it was fucking greasy and curly from the front all the way down to the back. So that was, you know, party and business blended. Yes. No separation. <laughs> um, no segregation. No segregation. <laughs> wow. God, that one hurt me. <laughs> um, I mean, just every, every fucking culture in the 80s embraced the mullet. If you didn't have fucking mullet... If you didn't have a mullet, a wife beater, and a fucking parachute jumpsuit, you were a piece of shit. (laughs) And no one, no one in this fucking great country, protected by the talons of freedom, went against that. I'm going to try to start making a habit of like writing down what we talk about. So I can Making good sound bites. No, no, that and like, so I had no what to put in the description because like this shit's good. Oh, man. This has been brewing for two weeks. The fucking bowl cut, though. God damn it. Yeah, let's move on to the bowl cut. I like the nostalgia of this episode because I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, not only do I miss my childlike innocence of the 90s. Or yeah. of my childhood, but I also really miss the fucking 1990s. I really do. I've been watching the 90s on CNN, like the CNN special. How's that? It's rough because the first two episodes are nothing but 90s television. Yeah, but fucking Friends was 90s television, and that shit's a classic. Dude, TGIF? Yeah. Fucking I know, but you, but you go back and oh, watch my it. Man. You go back and watch it, you're like, oh. Saved by the Bell? See, I never watched. I, I watched Save by the I Bell. I fucked with Save by the Bell. I watched Save by the Bell. I went back and watched my old Full House and Family Matters. Yeah, Family Matters. We watched that every day. <sighs> Fuck. Did I do that? Like, like it, it, it's funny because when you're younger, you like you identify more with the kids. And now that I'm older, I I, I so identify with Carl. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, Carl's my man. He's he, he's the one guy trying to keep the whole house together. He's he, you know he's the patriarch, you know he's you know he's out there earning a living now. Granted, uh, old uh, uh, Harriet, she you know she's a working woman too. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to try and say that, but you know Carl's the he Carl's the glue man. He's the guy that he, he takes upon himself to keep that family together. All, all he wants is a peaceful house. God damn it! And you know we have to point out the fact that he saved Christmas and Nakatomi Plaza. So you are correct. Let's talk about that. And, and also, why is this guy? Why has this guy been? so typecasted as a cop. He was in <clears throat> Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. He's a diehard one and two as a cameo. Yep. Wasn't was, he wasn't he in um uh loaded weapon? You know, I don't think he was. Damn. I don't think he was, but he but, but that came up in my memories today by the way. Loaded that, weapon that I watched it. <laughs> Is that the one with Charlie Sheen? No. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, no. Charlie Sheen has a cameo. It, it's Emilio Estevez yeah, and Sam Jackson. And, but and it's, it's, it's just like Hot Shots, where right. it's just parodying everything. Action movies, le- uh, you know, Lethal Weapon, Die Hard. There's actually a scene where the helicopter, they're parodying one of the Lethal Weapons where the helicopter uh, blows up his trailer on the beach. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, they get the wrong trailer. And it blows up, and out of the rubble cr- crawls out Bruce Willis wearing a yes, white Yes, I saw beater. that. He's got like a he's got a white flag. He's like, what? <laughs> he's like, and, and then the dude in the helicopter is asking, "Is this twelve fourteen Hollywood Boulevard? No, this is twelve thirteen. Fourteen's out that way. Sorry, no problem." <laughs> <He just> said, <laughs> <laughs> 
I watched that on like Stars or like Showtime like six months ago. I had no. That's the first time I'd ever seen. I had no idea it existed until about two, three years ago when he told me about it. Movie is a fucking gag. Oh yeah, it's great. He gets out of his car. Emilio Estevez in the very beginning. He's wearing these cowboy boots. He looks rough in that movie too. Yeah, but he throws in a cigarette, puts it out. Throws in a cigar. He had me so hyped on this movie that I just went and bought it. You bought it? Yeah, I, it's upstairs. Damn it. He th- he throws down his pipe. Yep. Puts it out. <laughs> <laughs> and then he walks inside. It, it's this like mini mart <laughs> run by Arabs. <laughs> and he grabs a cheeseburger, throws it in the microwave, goes to look at the magazines and all of the inserts for the you know, subscribe now, you know, uh, all the ads and everything. And by the time he's done, like they're like piled up to his shins. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that how long he was I remember looking? that he's flipping through them and they're just falling out <laughs> and they have like the security cameras are just looking over his shoulders and he looks at them and they look away <laughs> everything is a gag and the, and then it like he ends up like in a shootout with these guys trying to rob the place they walk in grab pantyhose put it on the counter the guy goes will that be it he goes actually he opens it puts it on and then he tries to rob them mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets in a firefight with and he gets like this big machine gun they fly through the front, you know, window of the store. He's like, I know what you're thinking. Did, did he fire 373 or 374 shots? Well, to be honest with you, I lost, kind of lost track myself. <laughs> I, I just, I just miss, I just miss shit like that. Well, it's stupid slapstick comedy and they they you really don't get anything like you did back then well no well because back as i said with this movie and then with also with like mel brooks movies and then with a lot of the national lampoon movies everything is a gag yeah well and then everything you, and then you had great stuff like I, I don't know how you guys feel about them but the beverly hills cop stuff <laughs> I mean, yeah i fucking loved I, I fucking loved beverly hills cop yeah my no, wedding party. My wedding party came down like into like fucking kicked a door open to my reception to the fucking Beverly Hills Cop theme song. Yep, and then I fucking walked down to the Imperial March. But um, <laughs> yeah, like what a shift. You you had Beverly Hills Cop. You had all you know. You had Adam Sandler in his heyday, which maybe hasn't aged so well for people like you. But I still think it's you know that needs to go in the fucking Disney Vault version of comedy. Um, Beverly Hills Ninja. Let's oh, talk about that. that movie. Black now Sheep, that's a movie Tommy I Boy. I mean, it's just good old Chris Farley. I mean, it was just it, it, like <sighs> Starship Troopers, man. Yeah. And, and what I love about that is that Starship Troopers is also directed by the same dude, uh, Paul Verhoeven. He uh, he also directed RoboCop. Mm-hmm. And the, those two movies actually have a similar feel about them because they're both parodies. and But they're parodies um, of a certain culture. Like RoboCop is a parody of the 80s, of the business 80s. Everything's corporate. Everything is going to these big business, you know, big, big business types in these big cities. And quite literally, RoboCop in itself is actually a pretty serious plot. Right. But there's when you watch it, it is it, it, like it is a satire. Of its time period, especially watching it right now, like, absolutely. Like, and that maybe movie's... back then you wouldn't have noticed it so hard because you yeah. were so involved in the culture. But watching Ro- watching the original RoboCop today, because I watched it was another one that was on like Showtime or Stars not long ago. I sat down and watched it. It's like watching like, American Psycho. Absolutely. I mean, it is like 
how could you? I I don't I don't. I mean, I remember watching RoboCop as a kid and be like, man, this movie's fucking badass. Yeah. He's oh, a yeah. robot cop. <laughs> like, that is so cool. <laughs> but, I mean, like, as an adult in the 80s, how could you not have, have picked up on that satire? Because up until, you know, recently, I have never heard anyone label the movie that way. It's just an, it's an 80s action movie. That's all I've mm-hmm. heard anyone ever say. No, no. Like, you watch that movie and it's very aware of itself and it's humor. It, it, there's no way that you can watch that and not laugh. There's a scene, a very iconic scene in the movie, when they first introduce Ed 209. Mm-hmm. It's in a board meeting, right? This is going to be the future. This is, this is this tank. It's walking tank. It's going to clean up the streets of Detroit for us to start building our new city. So they're going to do a whole presentation. So, so the senior vice president, Dick Jones, brings up this young, impressionable executive, you know, and like, will you help me out? Yes, sir. Right? Of course. He's like gonna be. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, the senior vice president. Right away. And then, <laughs> you know, they have a loaded weapon. They have a like, like a pistol, a monster of a pistol right. too. It's a beefy boy. And he goes, and and they're like pointed at me. He goes, now pointed at Ed two hundred nine. And of course, it's automated. Vroom. You know, it's like you're violating penal code such and such of a you know. Hostile weapon. Right. You know, you have 20 seconds to comply. Basically, you have 20 seconds to throw your weapon down. He throws it. He doesn't hear it. So then he gets more aggressive, and he basically starts counting down. Ed 209 is equipped with, like, Gatling guns, okay? <laughs> mm-hmm. and Gatling gun. And they're, he's, like, trying to run and hide, and they, they push him back out away from the board, like from, from, like, from the big table, and it just lights him up for 20 seconds. Oh, yeah. Boom, 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 boom. And I'm talking high-caliber rounds. Yeah, yeah. He ends up flying through the air on top of the model of the new city that they're going to build. He's just getting, like, in the unrated version, still getting shot at. And then, <laughs> finally, like, the, the Ed 209. And they're just like... And one guy goes, Somebody going to call a goddamn paramedic? <laughs> oh, my God. What happened? And then this, And then the president... Old man. That's, that is his actual name in the movie. He's just old man. Dick, very disappointed. <laughs> it's just a glitch. Minor setback. <laughs> you call this a glitch? He slams his fist down and goes, we're six months away from construction. <laughs> they don't give a fuck about this nope. kid nope. getting gunned yeah. down in their boardroom. And it's funny because then the other guy sweeps in. And he's like, hey, I got this new program called RoboCop. Get a presentation ready in 20 minutes. Meet me in my office. So he sweeps in underneath the vice president. Hey, hey, I'm moving up in the world. It's the whole business acumen from the 80s, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he runs, he walks out with his partner, with his other executives, like, see, that's how you do it, man. You see an opening and you go for it. It's like, he's going to be out to get you. Man, fuck him. He dropped the ball and I was there to pick it up. And he's like, yeah. Sucks about Kenny, though, huh? huh? Well, that's life in a big city. <laughs> Getting gunned down in a boardroom yeah. by a tank. By a giant robot tank. <laughs> and like, oops. This movie's full of that. <laughs> this movie is full of it. Where, you know, there's actually a serious story with the character, with the robot with the, you know, with the Robocop character and his family and him losing his family, him losing his memories, but not his feelings. Right. He he gets flashes of memories. He's like, what is this? Why am I feeling this? I know that he's basically a He's he's a machine whose mind is wiped, but he's starting to get his memories back, which is what I liked about the reboot. One of the few few things I did like about the reboot is that they reversed it, mm-hmm. where he was a he had all his memories and everything. Like, what am I going to do? Oh no! And then he starts losing them as he's getting more. Yeah, into it. I liked the reboot. 
It wasn't bad for like because what I liked about the reboot is that it did exactly what the first one did, and it was a satire of our current way that we do things. The whole Fox News, uh, mm-hmm. Sam Jackson type thing, with where, where you have like a news thing that's like feeding in, and it's not so much of news like as it is opinion. And that's another thing about Starship Troopers, which started off this whole diatribe. Uh, when you, the, the the Starship Troopers movie really satires uh, like hyper government. Mm-hmm. And hyper globalism and everything with with everything that you watching be like news and everything being government owned and everything. It's, do you want to know more? Do you want to know more? Yeah. Oh yeah. It, 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 it's, again, it's an awesome movie with big guns and bugs, but it, and and tits. Let's talk about yeah. that too. There's tits. I, uh, got some of those. So that came out what year? Ninety seven. Ninety seven. Yeah. yeah Ninety six. Right. Ninety seven. Casper Van Dien. It was. It was Casper my first. Casper Van Dien. Son of a bitch mm. with that chin and that forehead, man. Dude, he looked like a damn action hero, like oh, yeah, in the I making did. back then, didn't oh, yeah, he? Yeah, I did. That was the that was the first my first attempt at uh, fan fiction. <laughs> Writing Starship just, Troopers. What? And it was it, it was very short. Why you like, never told me this? Because I, I just I'm just not remembering. Oh my god. <laughs> it, it was like literally one page. Oh, was it nothing but tits? No. <laughs> You got, no, you got it, like it, halfway down the page it. and just started drawing like the most voluptuous, fucking <laughs> no, bodacious. There's no. some '90s terms for you. Bodacious boobs. Uh, yeah. No, I was writing it like as if like kind of like a like a, a were you writing like a star it? Uh, like a captain's log type thing. Like <laughs> okay, I thought you were gonna say you were writing it bug POV. <laughs> bug POV. <laughs> Here I am on Klondafu. <laughs> no, I was writing it like. <laughs> uh, kind of like like journal entries. I was writing it like journal entries, yeah. and uh, which is it, it, that, that I was in I was in first grade in '97. So That's awesome. Like writing from a journalistic per, or journal perspective as a first grade. I wrote a RoboCop story in first grade. <laughs> nice. nice. I wrote lots of Jurassic Park stories in first grade. Like we had to write it like a short story, and I I wrote it like here, okay, so I'm in first grade watching RoboCop, right? And I'm like, yeah, RoboCop shot the bad guys, and they gave him a medal. <laughs> like, they, like they were stealing stuff from the store. RoboCop showed up and shot them. Yeah. <laughs> All I can remember from it was, uh, so I was writing, like it was a journal entry, and I, I had like several different entries, and they were both short because I didn't know how to write, like in length. First grader. <laughs> so all I remember is like, oh yeah, the bugs or the arachnids. Uh, decimated this city, and then like now, we're working on an ultra nuke nuclear nuclear yeah right right n- nuclear bomb. <laughs> we're gonna get the bugs. We're gonna bring our freedom to them mm-hmm. with our nuclear armaments. They're gonna get nuclear. the heritage. <laughs> They're gonna get the heritage. <laughs> so on a side note, while we're still talking about Starship, Starship Troopers, did you guys know? You guys just. Kicked both of those back in perfect unison, and I've never seen anything cooler in this room. <laughs> Not only did you guys lean back in tandem, but <laughs> every motor function was identical. <laughs> it was in unison. Anyway, did you guys know that Starship Troopers is not only one of the most successful, but one of the greatest sci-fi stories of all time? Really? Yeah. Look up. Whenever you feel like it, when the original Starship Troopers novel was written, pretty sure it was in the '60s. Okay, but it really? might have been before that. I'm not entirely sure. I might have my dates off, but it has been around for a long time, and there is a lot of them. 
There's a lot of Starship Trooper books. I am intrigued. Do you know the most used... Here, I'll just look it up while, I'm, while we're talking about it. Go you ahead. know the most used and recycled uh, plot line is the I Am Legend plot line? Yeah, I talked about that. Oh, that was you. I thought that was Joe Rogan. No, I talked Shit. about that. On, <laughs> I talked about that on Journey into Comics. Oh, where, where I Am Legend is like a remake of a remake? Yeah. It's like a remake inspired by a remake of the original movie. I'm I'm pretty sure, and I might have my dates wrong on that one too, but I'm pretty sure that original story was written in the 30s. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I could have swore that was like on the Joe Rogan podcast that I listened to. That. Okay, so Starship Troopers, the first book originally written, originally published, 1959. So, we went to the moon. This book was published November 5th of 1959. So, um, Robert A. Heinlein, written in a few weeks in reaction to the U.S. suspending nuclear tests. The story was first published as a two-part serial in the magazine and fantasy and science... I'm sorry, the magazine of fantasy and science fiction as Starship Soldier and published as a book by G.P. Putnam's and Sons in December of 1959. So, just a second. So, obviously, there was a film adaptation. Dark Horse Comics and Mongoose have made comic books based on it. They've done a animated series, yep. like in 99. Uh, the animated series. Or was that Rico's Roughnecks? Yep. That's called? I'm trying to look because I know... I know I have looked before, like on Amazon, to buy some of these books. I know there's more than one. But, like, you ever watch something that there's only, like, one of? Or play a video game that it's, like, it's niche in the genre. And you're like, God, I have, I gotta have more of that. Yeah. I gotta find books. I gotta find TV. I gotta find a movie. You know, I've done that a lot with Mass Effect. I want something similar. I want more media similar to Mass Effect. I've read all about the last book from the original trilogy because mm-hmm. that one was the last one that, uh, and it wasn't written by Drew Carpishan. Mm-hmm. Of course, he was one of the lead writers on Mass right. Effect from the beginning. And then, and then he ended up leaving. Yeah, yes, because he also worked on Kotar. He, <clears throat> he's also worked on the Revan books. Mm-hmm. And uh, the I also. Books. Yeah. Yeah. I also got the Resident Evil books. Oh man, I was those, a big fan of those. And what I like about those is that it, you know, like they have the books that are adaptations of the games. Uh, but what they gave the author, they gave her kind of like some freedom to interpret it. Well, her last name was Perry, right? S.D. Perry. S.D. Perry. Yep. The yep, 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 yep. And then, so of course, the you have the original. Of course, the, the like the first book is the first game, and of course, like with that one, you have two characters, right? Chris and Jill. And when you play as one, you get one story and you do the exact same stuff. And but you have a different side character like Barry for Jill, or uh, Rebecca for Chris. Mm-hmm. And then like it round it rounds out to where like you get to save the like one of the other people, but you don't get to save the other like four. Those four people survive that that incident. But in the games, you never see all four of them together. Mm-hmm. In the books, they they actually change Converge. it to where like both stories are happening at the same time. And then she did original stories. In between some of the uh, game adaptations, where you had like different variations of zombies and doing stuff, they uh, some of the side stories kind of focused more on characters that aren't main characters. She even made some new characters, mm-hmm. and and I really like that because then she was able to kind of really weave these new stories in and out of the main narrative. 
Calvin Calvin Cove was one of my favorites. Calvin Cove, that was number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Calvin Cove, a focus on Rebecca, and it, it happens right after uh, the mansion, the first uh, the first game, and then the third book is actually the second. Uh, that one, City of Evil. It's like the third book is the second game. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm gonna go through the whole book series right now because you you reactivated a section of my brain that hasn't been active for a long time i i got those in 2007 and i was in a really big resident evil kick and was playing all the games and i'm like i need more just like you said and i i found i found the books and i got them really cheap on ebay other than zero zero wasn't in that bundle i had to buy that one separately i have them all i bought them as they released from barnes and noble like i had them call like i pre-order i basically pre-ordered the books so as they released, I remember getting a call from my home phone from Barnes and Nobles. Hey, your book's in. Okay, you know, I'll be there when I can. And they would hold my book for me, and I'd be so fucking excited. Because yeah. I started reading those books around the time that the original Resident Evil movie with Mila Jovich came out. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I had the books and the games and the movie and everything just fueling. And it's cool because all three are kind of different because mm-hmm. you have the games version of the narrative. The movies are completely separate, but then the but then the books are kind of like, yeah, we got the narrative down, but here's some other different interpretation of it, and and I like that a lot. But part of the reason I liked part of the reason I like S. D. Perry so much, she also wrote a lot of Aliens universe mm. books. So she wrote one in ninety three, ninety six, ninety eight, and then again in two thousand and eight, she did some A. V. P. stuff in ninety four and ninety nine. Early, mm-hmm. yeah, and then she did so. Kind of ni- coming off the comic or something. Nineteen ninety eight, she did book one, the Umbrella Conspiracy, mm-hmm. and then ninety eight also, she did book two. That's Calvin Cove. Man, that's that, really early on for that series too. That was her first original story. Ninety nine, she did book three, City of the Dead. That's Resident Evil two. Ninety nine, she also did Underworld. Uh, that was another um, original. Uh, that that took place after ninety or two thousand. Nemesis. Yep, she did Nemesis. Two thousand one, she did Code Veronica. So that came out right around the same time as mm-hmm. the game. And then in two thousand four, my favorite book, she did Zero Hour, which is basically the book version of Resident Evil Zero. Because as far as the Resident Evil Zero is my favorite in the series, second to Resident Evil Two. Because I really like the character of David. That's his name, right, David? Mm, wait, the... the Handcuff guy. Billy. Billy, thank you. David, Billy, you know. Yeah. Well... Yeah. Generic names. Yeah, generic names. <laughs> uh, generic action horror game movie book. Billy. I actually saw some... Uh, there was some footage posted up on YouTube of the original N64 build of the game. Ooh. And it was really cool to see that. And I bet that was spicy. It was very Resident Evil 2-y. Oh, yeah. Because it's probably on the same engine. But I, I I second everything that Brandon said about these books. If anyone wants good, just good, medium-length novels to read, they are all fantastic. S.D. Perry was a fantastic, is a fantastic author. Um, but what I was getting at is there's a lot of stuff that I have searched for like an extension of whatever it is, and I can't ever find it. And start like, so sci-fi is my favorite genre of media. You know, fantasy's obviously up there, but it's hard to beat sci-fi because it's everything that we have now except cooler. 
Yeah. Um, and you look at a lot of the the like New York Times bestseller sci-fi novels today, and they always, always guaranteed always list Starship Troopers, the original novel in 1959, as one of their inspirations. You know, they obviously throw in, um, you know, all of the sci-fi greats. But that fucking Starship Troopers book is always in there. And I can never understand why. So, I mean, it's just fucking cool, man. Yeah, yeah. Something that was written in 1959 is still fucking relevant. Yeah, hell yeah. I mean, there's a lot of works like that, that mm-hmm. you know, it, whether it's books or, or or otherwise people are still looking back to the old like old cinema and being uh, being uh, inspired like a lot of the a lot of the things that were done with robots and stuff like that oh yeah uh, with uh, what's that movie old movie was that metropolis mm-hmm. you know that movie uh really set a tone for like the 60s and 70s when it comes to using robots and and even animatronics and everything like that going forward with that so it's kind of cool well that whole vibe of you know, this is the world of tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, that all mm-hmm. that all kind of just bloomed in the late 50s, you know, at the start of the Cold World, uh, the Cold War. The Cold World. The Cold World. The second, the ninth Ice Age. But at the, at the very beginning of the Cold War, you know, post-Korean War, and then you've got that, uh, that, powerful movie like metropolis could you imagine seeing a movie like metropolis in the theaters if you if you were alive in the 50s and, and it might have been even before that like, right it been in like but, the 30s but you know what i'm saying like mind blown like mm-hmm. fucking that's a robot <laughs> that, 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 that robot's moving that, that, that metal man's walking and talking and doing stuff I'll be bamboozled. I don't know why, but you talking about the cold. You you said Cold War, and I immediately i I know what the Cold War is, obviously. The but Cold War or Cold World? Cold War. Okay. But I saw in my head pop Civil War, which today at work. Oh no. <laughs> John. <laughs> and Joe. Oh, they no. work together. Oh no. They heavily dislike each other. Okay. Did it, it's did very John get a skin flake in his mouth. <laughs> No. Okay. But they're working together, Thank and God. Joe's 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 been on vacation for the last week. I know he fucking blew my phone oh. up the whole time. Oh, um, wow. Hey, man, what was that food you told me I should eat? <laughs> oh man, I tried it; it was great. Well, you can get into that in a I second. I tried this too; it was great. You can get into that in a second, but uh, so before they left, we like John was they they were at each other's throats, passive aggressively. Can I can I interject and ask yeah. this real quick? Is it sexual tension? Maybe, <laughs> almost. Okay, proceed. Um, but today they were working together, and I was and and I I was pleasantly surprised to hear John um, teaching Joe. Oh, he was giving him a history lesson because John is a huge history nut. It is like um, he is so into it that once you open the floodgates, once you've started it. It just goes like you, like you and I talking up on station fourteen. Yeah, oh yeah, no, yeah. It just you, you get all the details and all the information. He can't condense himself. 
I once I once condensed his statement about how he can't condense himself. Uh huh. We call him John the Unabridged. Okay, <laughs> I like it. I like it. Oh, is he like time stamping dates and shit? Dude, yes. Uh, oh, you're gonna get a taste of him this Friday. Oh, at least it, whether you're if you're here or if you're watching live. Is it the first GOT? Yeah, the the or, episode zero zero. Oh, G O G O C or C O G O. I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. Yeah, we decided. I just read a lot when the trailer dropped, the Game of Thrones trailer dropped, uh, and he just started, just once again, the floodgates open. He started telling me about. I'm like, okay, I want to do an episode just for the trailer now. <laughs> so, he has dissected it. He has gone through scene by scene. Yeah. Oh yeah. He, he frame by do, frame. He doesn't do anything half-ass when it comes to things that he's passionate about. So there, Joe and him are working side by side on Station Eleven today. And Joe, for whatever reason, started asking John about the Civil War. So John was giving him a full-on history lesson on the Civil War. And I, I, I of course, brought it up to him later. I'm like, so I saw you and Joe were uh, having a good old time. He's like, (laughs) he rolls his eyes. And I was like, what was that, John? He just, dude. I, I don't like to pander to idiots. <laughs> Dude, I like this guy. But he was like, he was like, but he kept asking me questions, and of course, I wanted to answer them because it was about it was about my subject. It was I I love history, so I was like, yeah, dude, that that's awesome. Like they that, bonded. I was like, that's that's really awesome. I wouldn't expect Joe to ask questions like that. I wouldn't expect him to ask like to be inquisitive on a subject. Oh man, he did it to me all the time up on station 14. He asked me like the forties and fifties. Really? World War two era America. Like he didn't fucking stop. So the moment you said he started asking John about the civil war, that whole conversation played out (laughs) in my mind because he did it to me. Oh yeah. And then John, John was like, I kept asking me stupid questions. Like, so what, what broke the camel's back? Like why, why did it start? And John's like, really? (laughs) Was it like Fort Sumter? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you know what that is, right? And I'm like, yeah, South Carolina. Like, duh. But like to me, I wouldn't think to ask that question. I all I all I think to ask about is like, or I don't. I actually don't think to ask any questions about the Civil War because I know all I need to know about the Civil War. It's a time that in America, at least modern day, we've pretty much chosen to forget. Yes, we forget as a society. What, we forget what got us there because. There are certain things going on within within our modern society that are like that scream echoes of pre Civil War. Era. Absolutely, and it, it 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 it's amazing how much we choose to forget any of that, and because it's not convenient to remember. Well, no, because I mean it is one of the more bloody periods in our in our nation's history. I mean, when you think about it, every single person who died, you know, that day was and is now you know still considered an American. So. Um, I mean, granted, uh, I have the opinion that the Confederates, when they left, you guys are, tre- you know, you guys are, you know, committing treason right mm-hmm. now because you didn't get your way. Essentially, there would be, a, you know, the Democrats were being crybabies, opening the bomb. <laughs> oh, here we go. They don't exactly explode. The thing is, it's I'm I'm opening the double pineapple fresh fruit. Uh, it just it, when you pour it, it just it's it all be, head. It, it's all head. You just made it worse. What? did how that's what you do you 
you in, you introduced turbulence to the carbonation inside that the CO two that's inside that can. You just put force into that can, disturbing the CO two inside that can. Well, I'm learning something today, folks, because I've I'm, always I'm I've not always, a fucking physicist. Okay, <laughs> I've always seen people like when you don't want a can to explode, they flick the top. They flick I've the tap. never I've never seen any data backing that. Well, I mean, so I've, I've always I've, I've just seen it, it happen. I've just seen people do it, and then it doesn't blow up. <laughs> you just did a uh, micro version of dropping the thing on the ground. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens. It's we'll probably it's probably gonna be all it makes, head. Can, it makes candy bars taste better when you drop them on the ground. Is that why that butterfinger was so fucking good? It might have been. I'm, did I'm, you run I'm, over it with your car? <laughs> <laughs> um, Look at that! Look at that! Nice little crack. I can hear the crackle. It's not even opened all the way. I just it's just the initial crack. Lick it. You should have just licked it off. Like a cat. There you go. So he brought up Joe Rogan and just recently Alex Jones was back. <laughs> oh my god, I have waited. I have I have like strategically waited to watch that episode. It's like five hours long. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a, I, I made it about an hour and a half in. I made it forty five minutes. I had to kind of tap out because I want to go further because it gets better. It gets better as far as ha- how angry he gets. He takes his shirt off at one point, doesn't he? I don't know if he does in this one. I'm pretty sure he takes his shirt off. <laughs> but basically, the whole like the, a lot of it was him like kind of defending himself and all this kind of thing, you know, all that kind of stuff. I got so tired of it, I couldn't listen to it anymore. But somebody was brilliant because right the episode before Alex Jones was Doctor <laughs> Phil, and they edited Doctor Phil's interview with Joe to be with Alex and him like them responding to each other. I want you to bring that up. And we're going to watch that on, on air because this is that good. I played it for Blaine. Go ahead and talk about it while I set up Absolutely. a scene. Absolutely. I'm um, listening. But they did it. I'm not sure if it's the same guy who did this before, but somebody did it with Joe Rogan and Joe Rogan, where Joe Rogan interviews Joe Rogan. I've seen that. And it, it's, it's kind of like that. But the, whoever did, like, because when Alex was on the show, he quite literally would bounce from topic to topic. And he would hit you with four things. This is this, this and this, this and this, this and this, this. And Joe's like, dude, you need to calm down. That's four different topics. And basically all Joe is trying to get is like, how do you know? What is your proof of this? Oh, it's in literature. Read it. I'll get you the books. I'll get you the books. I'll even put no tabs in there. It's in our, it's in literature. We have it. We have access to it. And it's some, some of it's pretty out there shit. I don't like I've already gone uh I've never done so on this show, but I've gone on record like Alex Jones is a crazy nut. There's he about thirty percent of what he says is true. Here we go. Let's get some full screen action. Twenty years ago they had spiders that produced body armor, spider guns. Okay, they have human-animal hybrids 30 years ago. They've got giant human tissue farms. And that's where you lose me. Bullshit! Seriously? That's it right there. You, every time I bring up a fucking subject, you know all about it. Well, you know, I don't know. I mean, 25 years ago, they had human-animal embryos, but they killed it at the embryonic level. Man, you need to go back to the... No, 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 no. I believe it happened. Stop saying I said it's it okay didn't happen. okay to talk about it and not be ashamed of it. It's, it's okay. You've got anxiety. <laughs> you've got PTSD, whatever. It's okay. Let's talk about it. Let's get help for it. Get it behind you and move on. To, to talk about 12 dimensions, 11 known, 12 being omnipresent, so we don't say it actually exists. 
to say that is arrogant, so I won't say that. I just, I, I don't, I, I don't <laughs> understand that. that. I listen to your interviews, and you're naturally very curious. You don't struggle for the next question. Exactly. You really want to know something. That makes it much easier. Yeah. You know, people go and find these things on the internet. I mean, About human-animal hybrids with pigs and cows? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a retarded. That's a bitch. <laughs> god damn it! <laughs> Whoever did this was just <laughs> flawless. Where every night was a DMT trip. Okay. Short term, it can be an alternative. But I've seen people on everything from opioids to mood elevators for years. Before you decide you're going to make human lie detector, do your homework. Do not say that. I'm going to get killed. You need to get away from that. You need to get away from it. No, they want the organs. You know, I, I can't answer that in terms, I mean, I'm sure there's research. Um, Aliens are real. They're creating human-animal hybrids that are a new creature never here on Earth. It's alien. So the aliens are already here. AI is alien. The There's also some very smart business and branding that's gone into that as well. You know, I, I know that you're all... <laughs> Dude, this is gold. Now I want you to prepare an argument for the other side. Black, pe black people are God, and white people are the devil. And we're going to kill the white people. You're really going to throw them off the charts now. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Holy shit, that's fucking good. Finish it. It's fucking. Uh, it, it. It. Yeah. Like, if if that conversation were to genuinely happen, it would be just like that. <laughs> I think you would see Doctor Phil get mad a little more often. Yeah. Because I. <laughs> I'm at a weird place with Doctor. I, I mean, obviously, I, I'm with Brandon. On everything that he said about Alex Jones. Alex Jones, in the beginning, was putting forth some some pretty uh, controversial, but like make-you-think type information. And then all at once it was, you know, lizard people. I'm going to have sex with your daughter. I'm going to take my shirt off. And it just... It, it just I mean, it very quickly was like, I'm pretty sure that I've seen like a satire of this before where there's like aliens watching us as a cartoon. Yeah. And this is what we got going on right now. But and, and, they, and, and, and that's when they, uh, they deem us like not, uh, not worthy of right, their interaction. Yeah. No, let's give them another couple centuries. No sign of intelligence. No sign of intelligent life. But Dr. Phil, I mean, people can say what they want about him. He's a TV personality like all the rest of them. He's playing a character. I'm yeah. not, not going to take away any of his credentials. Um, Have you listened to the Dr. Phil episode? That's, no, I, I haven't It's really good. It is I'm, quite I'm, excellent. Dr. Phil and Alex Jones are my next two to listen to because I have spent the last month trying to get through the Elon Musk episode, and I can't do it. I like that episode. I can't do it. I like that episode a lot. Once you get past a... Uh, a certain point, uh, the conversation gets really interesting. I'm an hour and 20 minutes in, and I can't do it anymore. It's a three-hour one, isn't it? Yeah, I can't okay. do it. Okay. It's just awful. 
Are, is he still under review? For, oh, I don't know. For losing his uh, his security clearance for the government because he took a puff. Because he took a puff where it was legal. Just and, that, and that caused a suspect right. on his mental sanity. I mean, it is it is the, the, the reefer madness. The devil's lettuce. The fucking reefer madness, man. It's going to get you. Jazz cabbage. The jazz cabbage. <laughs> jazz cabbage. It will but, that will be my f- favorite term forever. So when I worked uh, nights and days going back and forth, the days off that I had throughout the week, a lot of times I would get up at you know, 9, 10 o'clock in the morning or I would get home later on that afternoon from watching air or from running errands. And I would sit down and watch Dr. Phil, you know, I watched Daniel Bergoli cash me outside. How about that? I watched that. They talk about that. I watched that live. They discussed that. Um, he, he didn't even remember her name. Really? But he remembered cash me outside. No, he remembered that. And he's like, I don't, I didn't expect it to blow up like that. Oh, I've seen that clip. Yeah. But, and then he, he, he talks about how he brought them back. But he if you if fuck you, off, Calvin. If you get what? if you get past a lot of the, you know, stage actor type stuff that Dr. Phil has to say and you watch some of the tougher cases that that guy has dealt with, guy's pretty fucking smart. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Listen to the listen to that episode. Oh, I, I, I think you'll really like That's it. the next one. That's the next one on It's the, a very it's a very uh mellow episode mm-hmm. like you know there's not not a lot of excitement especially like the way dr phil talks i mean well and that's what that's part of what i was going to point out when dr phil needs to get excited he gets excited if he oh if, yeah if you if he if he is taking his time to say i think based on my professional <laughs> opinion that you have this problem or these problems i am doing my job to educate you on what is ailing you or what could be ailing you. And if a guest or whoever he's talking to basically tells him to fuck off, you're wrong. You know, you're a you're a fucking crock. You know, you're just a whack doctor or whatever. He is very passionate about what he's doing. He wants to help people. Mm-hmm. Now oh, obviously yeah. obviously he's making a lot of money doing it. Sure. But he's still being legitimate. And he's got to know that there's going to be some people out there that are going to come on just right. to seek fame. Like they said about the Cashman Outside Girl and her mom and how like they sent the Cashman Outside Girl to like her little rehabilitation center. And uh, they got With the horses. I remember watching that. Yeah. And uh, they got word back that she was doing great. And she got back and it all fell apart. So he invited them back on. And uh, they got there and there was an audience. And they were Oh, like, I watched that. I watched that one live too. And he's like, they had nothing to say because there was no audience to pander to. Mm-hmm. He goes, and this is like, there it is. You know, it, was there really a problem? Maybe, but they they weren't concerned about the problem as much as they were concerned about getting famous. Right. She has her own show on Snapchat now. That's a thing. They have shows on Snapchat now? They're like, they're in like, presented in like 20, 30 second clips. And is it just her twerking all the time? And shit? No, it's, it's really just her and her mom arguing and then. Uh, They're still arguing after she paid her mom's it's, house off. It's it's really st- well not that she paid her mom's house off and then bought a new one. Like they got they got this like nice little mansion now and she's got a bodyguard and, and they still can't get along. It's it's really it's really stupid. I I, I it just popped up and uh, hey subscribe to this and uh, I was like okay this has got to be good <laughs> like I gotta go tinkle. I'm gonna go tinkle and subscribe to that Snapchat. Be right back. <laughs> <laughs> you do what you got to do, man. 
I know. I'm, I've got a beer and a almost full Coke coursing through me. I've had three drinks in like five minutes. So <laughs> while he's gone, I guess we'll start. I'll start talking about the concert last night. Yeah, I forgot to even bring that up. Holy shit! And I'm wearing the shirt. You're wearing it. Yeah, I'm wearing the shirt. Yeah. So went saw Metallica last night. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of people in there. How, how far away were you? Um, like I was in section one eleven. Yeah. And it, it was like the section above the first section that has like seating. Mm-hmm. So like there was a whole section of like above us that were like the nosebleeds. When we were like, I, I, I was like right in the middle. Yeah. And how was that from that? Oh, dude, the uh, I could see everybody. I, I, they weren't specs. You you weren't you weren't relying on the jumbo screen. No, no, I could see them. And um, here, I'll show you a, like a quick picture. I guess the way that that place is set up, it, it would make sense that cause, I mean, because they usually have, yeah, they usually have like basketball games there, and you mm-hmm. can very clearly see things no matter where you're at. In that yeah, place. no, no, the layout was pretty cool. Um, their stage is really neat because their stage is in the center. Yeah. And of course they have like they have like these light cubes which it's easier to just show you. That's the same place they played in like 10 years ago with yeah. Lamb of God. Yeah. Was it Lamb of God and Slipknot? It's been remodeled just Lamb since of God. then. I'm pretty sure the last time they played there it was still Conseco Fieldhouse. No Jennifer, you haven't missed it. Keep watching. <laughs> oh, oh God! Anyway, during Moth into Flame, they had these little remote control moths that came out of the stage. Fuck yeah! They circled around ahead, and they all went back down into there. They're all individuals, and they all went back down like, like into there. So oh, they're that's all cool. programmed. Uh, those big light boxes. It's kind of might it might be difficult to see, but they've all uh, they've got like all bunch of signs for like uh, strips joints, and 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 they're used for different like designs for each one, and they've raised and lower. Cool. Uh, the only pyro they had, they had flames for fuel, and for fight fire with fire. Uh, and you could actually feel the heat when they woof. My uh, my friend Alan, uh, who's drummer for Arcos, uh-huh. formerly Drench. Yeah. Uh, he wor- he runs he works for Purdue, running sound there. Uh, his boss gave him tickets there, so he was hanging out. Fuck with, yeah! He was hanging out with the sound people. Oh hell yeah! Like yeah, oh, hell yeah, man! Oh, hell yeah, man! Oh, hell, oh, hell yeah, man. man! So there was no opening act. It was uh, Jim Brewer was kind of the opener MC, which nice. was, <laughs> which was hilarious because he was cracking jokes. Uh, you know, he's talking to like, look, I'm gonna tell you, I saw the band in 1985 opening for Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> I remember, when, I remember his Slayer joke. He, he went to the Big Four concert, and he's like, and then Slayer came. And it's like there was a horn. A horn sounded, and it says, "Release the Slayer fans." <laughs> <laughs> you know, he talked about them being older. He's like, he's "Like, don't worry. It's not that you're too sitting too far away. Kirk really has white hair now." Okay, <laughs> James. He looks a little bit different. Like he could be on the set of Orange County Choppers. <laughs> like, give me fuel. Give me fire. Somebody fix that tie. <laughs> 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 I love fucking Jim Brewer. He, he was having a good time. He found the youngest person in the audience, uh, six. Nice. Little, and he got him. He brought the kid on stage. Oh, that's bad. He got drumsticks. Um, he was he was declared the 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 like the new prince of heavy metal. His name is Damien. 
So, nice. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Uh, like, then he, like, encouraged all of us to chant in unison 20,000 people, all hail the new metal Prince Damien. And then he found the oldest guy. He was 80. Nice. Holy fuck. Fuck yeah. There was one dude. There was one dude that was close. He was like he was like 68. And this dude was on the floor. Fuck and, yeah. And, and, and then this dude was like <laughs> doing this. He goes, what's what you been doing out there, pal? Out there free basing? <laughs> dude, like, dude, you look like flea. <laughs> well, like the first dude he said, like he was only like 50, 50 something. And, and he looked like Jerry Garcia. He goes, nice. he goes, I didn't know Jerry Garcia was still alive. <laughs> and then um, and then the guy that was 80, he was he was sitting um, in that first little sitting section. He was like, dude, man, you look like you're about ready to, like, serve donuts. <laughs> like, 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 do you have a bakery? And then he got both those, uh, that guy and then the flea guy t-shirts. Fuck yeah. All those guys. And it, it took a little bit because he came out a few times and, like, kind of hyped us up a little bit. And... Um, then Metallica came out. Of course, what did they open with? Hardwired. Uh, of course, they played, which, I mean, this is my first Metallica concert. They did Long Way to the Top. Mm-hmm. They, they played the whole song, and then it went right into the the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, Ecstasy of Gold that they always play. They've been playing for that for decades. Man, that fucking instrumental, Ecstasy of Gold, is is just, in my opinion, one of the greatest fucking instrumentals ever. Oh, dude! It it. I mean, I remember, I remember in the the early two thousands when ninety three five played fucking Ecstasy of Gold, like every thirty minutes, and that is the only time in in my memory that an instrumental has been played more than once, like a year, on a major radio station. It. It serves as like the greatest, like getting you hyped up. Oh yeah, you know, is because it's one of those things that starts here and it just kind of builds and builds and builds and then crescendos. Yeah, they and so they are they they started with Hardwired, and then they went right into Atlas Rise okay. from the from the new album. They played a, quite a bit from the new album. Uh, if I could be picky, I would replace one of the songs with a different song. But they just started playing this other song live like two other times. Really. So I'm okay with it because they're like, hey, you know, we want to start like diversifying. You know, we want like basically for their sets, they have certain songs that they play at every single venue, and then there 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 are spots on the set list that they just go mm, something else here, something else here, something else here. Mm-hmm. And so the set list was the Ecstasy of Gold, Hardwired, Atlas Rise, Seek and Destroy, Ride the Lightning. That's my favorite ever. The Unforgiven. Now that we're dead, with extended middle drum section, there was a point where they uh, they all stopped playing their instruments, and they had those little light boxes. They had they had these sticks, and they were basically like we were seeing Stomp live, <laughs> like <laughs> doo, 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 and they all had like it was just thunderous. You could feel it. Like I will say, like the mix was very well done. Uh, that's they're probably one of the better sounding mm-hmm. bands. You know, I'm. We'll, we'll, like it's gonna be difficult to say whether or not this is my favorite live show I've ever been to because I've seen Iron Maiden, and Bruce Dickinson is a fucking beast. Right. No pun intended. Madman. So uh, after that was Creeping Death, then for whom the bell tolls. Mm, so good. Which was awesome. Nate made mention uh, to me last night 
Oh yeah, because I because because I ran into Nate at the show. We actually ran into each other right near the beginning when we were when we were in separate lines, but we all merged into the same area. So I ran into uh, like the Pod Daddy, Padre, Podfather, Podfather. Pod, I call him Pod Daddy. See, Padre sounds. I like Padre. <laughs> I think uh, I, Padre works good. You just got a new nickname, Nate. But uh, you know, we saw them, and then I right after security, I kind of lost track of them. Because then uh, there was another sort of like meeting of the groups to get your your like your ticket scanned, and then I went right to the bathroom. I had to piss, and then I went right to the merch line. I was in the merch line for it. Honestly, it was a it, it was a it was a long line, but they were they they had like seven or ten different people working the merch. Really? So like that's smart. I hate it when you go to a concert and you go up to the merch table and it's like. Two people, uh, no, that have the little fucking cube, and ninety percent of the time it doesn't work. Yeah, like yeah, my I'm sorry, to... your card's just not working. Yeah, I was worried that mine wasn't going to because I brought cash to get a shirt and ended up having to just put it on the, I'll put it on the credit card because I was five dollars less in my wallet to get this shirt. Yikes! Uh, but it, since <clears> I got done with there, I found out where to go. Went up, found my seat. Nate never saw me during the show. He was like, "I think you were sitting above me." I'm like, "I could look across from you and see you." Like I, it was literally like I, I was here looking down over there. I could, and I knew exactly where they were. But um, anyway, after for the bell tolls, here comes revenge. Hmm. From yeah, that was the one that I was like, I probably could have done with um, one of the other songs from the album. Not that I like hate that song, but I like other songs more. I like uh, "Dreaming No More" is a great. Mm-hmm. I love that. That song has such a reload feel to it. And uh, after that was, uh, they did like a little Kirk and Rob thing where they were playing like local Indiana uh, stuff. Pe- cool. People from Indiana. Nice. Where they were just jamming and kind of so- sounding shitty, but they didn't give a fuck. And then they played Hit the Lights. And then they did Fuel. And then they did Moth into Flame. Which, for some reason, I thought that was a lot earlier in the set, but I guess not. Uh, when 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 they when they went to go start Moth into Flame, this was the really big mess up of the night. Lars was counting it down. Kirk jumped right into it, and they all like, <laughs> and they're like, "Ladies and gentlemen, Kirk Hammett." He's <laughs> like, "We all get one mess up a night. We all get one." And then it was sad but true. One Master Puppets, you know. And then for the encore, fight fire with fire. Nothing else matters. Enter Sandman. Oh, they didn't do Harvester of Sorrow. It, it, uh, it, God see, damn! They for some of them they they swap out uh, like Creeping Death, Fruit of the Bell Tolls, Unforgiven, Ride the Lightning. They they've swapped out um, uh, Fight Fire with Fire because I've seen them where they come back up with the encore with Battery. I've seen them come back from the encore with Spit Out the Bone. Uh, it was just going through the set list, and there's like you know other songs like Unforgiven, and then there's like. The memory remains. Mm-hmm. Harvester of sorrow. You know, er, every time they go to a new place, they try to like, all right, which ones are we going to do for this place? I and, dig that. And so, like, I like that because, of course, they're the ones that they've really chosen. Like, okay, there's no way that we can get out of town without playing Sandman or One or Master of Puppets or Seek and Destroy. Mm-hmm. So let's find a spot for them. I like that they did Seek pretty early. It, it definitely set like, you know, hitting two new songs and going right into Seek and Destroy and Rather Lightning. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. Go all the way back. I want to see Ride the Lightning so bad. That was... Live. Oh. What I will say, okay, so even though I said Kirk messed up, solo-wise, Kirk was on it. 
unless he was playing to a tape, <laughs> that that dude was nailing these solos. And I will say that like he was on point. I would I would dare to say that in some in some instances, the Unforgiven's a hard song to play live. Oh yeah. That has got to be, be because because then you're not protected by distortion or a wah or anything to hide little flub ups, you know? Because a lot of that mm-hmm. song is clean. You know, James has a guitar strap to him and then he has to play an acoustic on like a mic stand. So he's doing the best he can. Kirk's then doing the best that he's got with a clean guitar. Mm-hmm. And so a, a couple spots in there, I it kind of sounded, eh, okay, a little rough, but I accepted it because it's Unforgiven. And I'm seeing Unforgiven live. Right. Which, you know, they play it, but it's not one of the most commonly played songs from the Black Album. They would much rather play like Wherever I May Roam or... Uh, Oh man, I want to hear "Don't Tread on Me." Don't tread on me. You know what? Oh, there was one of them. One of the shows I saw on the tour, they played through the Never. Mm. And also, I've also seen one where they played um, um, the, the track three. Um, crap. Oh man, uh, no, no, holier than now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They're really fast. They sounded fantastic. Their mix was fantastic. I love their stage show with all those boxes coming up and coming down and making different uh, things. That, there was a scene where Kirk's or Kirk, I'm sorry, Rob started doing the uh, anesthesia and the box. Some of the boxes oh, came down. Shit. And it was all just like Cliff on the boxes and they played anesthesia. And um, how was Lars? La- Lars sounded fine. He sounded fine. He didn't have any meltdowns. No, I mean uh, it. It's hilarious because like he was. Um, he, he was he was on he, like everybody was pretty much on form, and I there's not much that I can say other than a few things and the nitpickiness that I noticed. Lars is not the best drummer in the world, right? No, but I mean, I also like the mix of the drums because I didn't feel like they were too loud. You could feel that bass right in here, even even back where I was. So like, like with like hearing one when it kicks into that double bass part at the end. Oh yeah, yeah, and then they had like all the strobe lights going off for that. It's damn near like a religious, ex- like like a religious experience. If I, I can oh absolutely, speak. I mean, I had I don't know, I can I can't count how many friends that I had there. Me and too. It, it shocked me how many friends I it had. It really there, but... sucks that you know I could not get a ticket with somebody, and I was just surrounded by people I didn't know. Oh, you went totally by yourself. I was by myself. I mean, again, I ran into Nate, his sister, and his dad. So it was cool to like bump into them. Nobody else I knew. I didn't recognize anybody. It was all just like there were like like there were some people that, that I met near the end where they were standing waiting. I could have swear that they were from New York. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> you guys come all the way over here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I got I got really. That's part of the reason why my my brain's kind of fried. Mm-hmm. today because i got so down last night when i started seeing you and nate posting pictures because skylar and i had the opportunity to go yeah um you know the creek devault level you know what i'm talking about like in banker's life there's a specific level the creek devault level mm-hmm. where you like if you go up to the second level all those doors that you can open up to not necessarily go to like the box seats but mm-hmm. to go to the the cordoned off areas yeah through Skylar's work, I can get tickets to pretty much any concert there. Oh, cool. I could have got basically box seats for a hundred bucks. Hell yeah. And I couldn't go because I had class. I had union ship. It you know what? Uh they last came to Indy ten years ago. 
I missed my shot. There was no way that I was going to miss it this time. Uh, tickets were pretty expensive. They were even more expensive on the aftermarket, people trying to sell them. And that place was freaking packed. 20,000 people. I've never been to a concert with that many people. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool because then you have like... You got uh, your tickets at Taxmas last year, didn't you? I got the tickets the day they went on sale last year. When was that? It was after Taxmas. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. No, I remember after. it was like... It's been like a year. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> they went on sale near, nearly a year out. And the day they went on sale, I, I didn't have time to contact. Hey, man, if you front... I'll front it and you just pay me back, you know? I didn't have time. Your boy Strange in- didn't hook you up with some tickets. <laughs> hey, Brandon, this is Strange. <laughs> Got some tickets for you. You know what? I'm really upset because the this last year when when they did the uh, giveaway for the Injustice for All remastered, it, you had to call in at like 3 o'clock. And we, we were always working at 3. So I couldn't call in like, hey, Strange, <laughs> like, did I get it? Oh, Brando, not today. Try again tomorrow, man. Not today, pal. Yeah. So here's a here's a thing that I learned from my buddy that went and struggled through the concert last night. Mm-hmm. He wins concert tickets like every week because he sits at work, listens to the the the, the radio giveaways, mm-hmm. knows exactly at what point in the song to call to win the tickets. He wins every week, and he said, "Yeah, a lot of times if I don't win, I just call the day of sh- day of the show like." You know, say if it's a Saturday, I'll call it like noon. Hey, did anybody win the tickets and not come pick them up? And 93.5 has given him over a dozen concert tickets. Just for just checking in. Because just calling, saying, hey, has anybody picked up their tickets? Yeah, they, they never came and picked them up. You've got until 3 p.m. to come and get them. All right, I'll be there. <laughs> That's awesome. Because so that- if you guys ever want to go to a concert that 93.5 is giving away tickets, call the day of, see if you can get them. Hell yeah, dude. I will say that if you get a chance to go next time, go. These, these guys are getting older, so they're not touring as much. And when, when, when they do go out, it's almost like for like a two weeks at a time. And they Now kind they're of, doing a fucking Australian tour, right? With Slipknot. Yes. Oh, man. that Yeah, they sent me a pre-sale code. Yeah. <laughs> for me to go down under. Let's go down under, Brandon. Dude, I wish not I could. Not down on each other. Down under, meaning Australia. I mean, what happens in the, <laughs> what, what happens in the sky stays in the sky. Right. I mean, that's a long right, flight. right. right. Uh, but no, I would seriously, I would love to see Slipknot open for Metallica. Yeah, that'd be sick. Are, are, are we going to go to the Slipknot Full Beat concert? Uh, I, I really want to go to that. The only downside is Full Beat. I really it, hate Full Beat. It can't be fucking worse than the, the Five Finger Death Punch concert that we went to. It can't be worse than that. I don't know. I really enjoyed that concert. The concert was fun, but but the 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 crowd was not fun. Oh, I don't care. The crowd the crowd at a Slipknot concert is not gonna be that bad. Uh, and Volbeat, whatever. It's just Volbeat. I hate Volbeat. Okay, well I like Volbeat. I so. genuinely hate Volbeat. So the music's be- cool. I hate his voice. So before we actually like before they actually had the band come out, they actually tried to get everybody in the crowd pumped up and singing, right? So they played some classic metal songs to have, every- and they put the lyrics up on the. Uh, oh, nice! And they get they get twenty thousand people singing uh, like uh, oh, what I, it was Ozzy Osbourne, Bart the Moon. No, maybe it was Black Sabbath. No, uh, it, it, yeah, it, like it was War Pigs. It was Black. Oh uh, yeah, it was War Pigs. They got us singing uh, Judas Priest. Oh fuck! Another yeah. thing coming. 
Got to sing in uh, Pantera, Walk. Fuck yeah. Got to sing in, like, Run to the Hills. Um, yeah, it, 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 it was pretty cool. I, I was funny. I, I was waiting in line, like, to get into the place to, to get my ticket scanned. And they were playing music over the, you know, over like, over the PA. And I heard a Megadeth song start playing, and everybody reacted. Mm. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> that's fucking blasphemy at a Metallica concert. Yeah, they were playing Skin on My Teeth. And it was Ooh, like, that's my favorite. Joe's here. Yeah, he says, quit hating on Volbeat. I'm so, I, like, I like the music. The music for Volbeat is pretty badass, <clears> but <throat> it's just his vocals. <laughs> I hate that. I like that better than... I don't know what you're talking about. That's better than... If I want to listen to yodeling, I'll listen to Jewel. I got the weight power. Jewel is the thrash metal of yodeling. Jewel is thrash yodeling. I thrash her yodel. <laughs> Dude, she still looks good. Well, let's let's get back into the nostalgia a little bit. In the fucking <laughs> late '90s, early 2000s, in good conscience, you can't tell me that you weren't like watching a Jewel music video. Like, God, I'd break I didn't my, know who Jewel was. I'd at fucking the time. break my dick off in that. <laughs> I didn't know who Jewel I was, was at the time. every time. Oh man, I remember in like I was in choir in middle school. And we had to sing a Jewel song. Oh yeah, really? I'm trying to remember which one it is. It it, it was it was one of her more, one of her more popular ones. Uh, these hands or my mm-hmm. hands are small, I know, but they're not yours. I remember the teacher got so pissed off, pulling her hair out because we were saying not chores, not chores, because they're not chores, they're not chores, they're not yours. Enunciate. You little fuckers. <laughs> Come on, you fucks. <laughs> we started in unison. There was about four of us today that sang Nelly Furtado. <laughs> oh, just, boy. Just totally acapella, impromptu, just out of nowhere, started singing some Nelly Furtado. You know, I just want to throw a random, random tidbit out. If I had a delicious-sounding singing voice, you know what it would sound like? You know whose voice it would be? Who? Bjork's. <laughs> if I could sing, I, I would want to sound like the male version of Bjork. <laughs> Think about how fucking great that'd be. Think about how fucking metal Bjork's voice is. Not. <laughs> but throw Bjork's voice in with some fucking metal behind it. I'd fuck with that. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, boy. Still boy. I broke Blaine. <sighs> Show was good. Show was good. I'm yeah. glad, man. I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad you, glad you guys, you guys had a good time. Uh, there, there were they're probably like the last band on my must see before I die or they die list. Uh, all the other bands that are out there that I haven't seen are ones that I would, you know, I'm not saying I wouldn't see them, but as far as like must haves, I think they're done now because uh, I, I got to see Black Sabbath, I got to see Iron Maiden. Got to see Metallica. Mm-hmm. I'll never see Parentera. That's never gonna happen. You I'm know. that way with Alice in Chains. I can't. I I can't. I just can't go see them now. It. it, it I mean, it, it's not gonna mean. It's not gonna mean what it should mean to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I don't dislike the new stuff with that. And, and I don't, it's a I don't, new don't, band, don't get me wrong. I don't, I don't either. It's just, I mean, to me, I'm not a Nirvana guy. I've gone on record on saying that. I've gone on record on this show saying that. Um, but going to see Nirvana right now would just be like, man, well, why didn't I just go see the Foo Fighters? Mm. Well, I mean, let's be could, honest. Like, would Nirvana be, be fronted by Paul McCartney? Because he's done that. Oh, They've done like Nirvana with Paul McCartney. Fuck he's Paul like, McCartney. Interesting. They're, I don't think they're playing Nirvana songs. <laughs> I think they're just. <laughs> I think it's like. Uh, it's just they're doing some other shit. A little super group style. I'd say yeah. I have two bands that I can think of right now on my bucket list. Uh, Metallica and uh, Mudvayne. That's one that's going to be interesting to see if that ever really happens. If it ever happens again. Because I've, I've basically seen damn near every band that I've loved. Mm-hmm. And I've been very fortunate in that fact. Like even down to like little... Um, like not so big bands, but little bands that I know that I fucking love, like like Threat Signal, like Affiance, uh, like my good friends in uh, Across the Sun, mm-hmm. like there, there, and Rest Repose, like little tiny bands. You know, there were moments, there were times that I would have done that for Megadeth. I think that time has kind of gone and come and gone. Uh, if I if they're on a bill and I'm there, I've seen them now. Yeah, you know, if 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 they're if they're on a bill and they're there, I will go see them. It, like if we're at a thing where there's two stages and there's like this band or Megadeth, I'll probably go to Megadeth. But as far as like go check out Megadeth, I'm there. And like oh, I don't know, Metallica okay. is the only remaining big four band I need to see. Uh, I haven't seen any of them other than Metallica now. But the other band, uh, like that uh, on that list that would have been on that list that no longer is, uh, really is Dream Theater. Like mm. at one point, I would have like loved to have seen them live. That'd but, be cool. And and I'm not gonna I'm not dogging on them, and I'm not saying that it's because Portnoy's gone because I think Portnoy's a fucking dick. He's a great player, but he's a dick. Uh, and I'm not saying that I wouldn't enjoy the show. I'm just saying that like I'm not as into the band as I was at that like ten years ago or whatever. You know, now like if they're like, hey, Dream Theater's coming to Lafayette, and I'd be like, mm, what day is it? <laughs> like if they came to Lafayette, I, I would be like, uh, "How much? What day?" Yeah. Do you guys hear about Aaron Lewis? About yeah, the- he got. He, got, uh, he walked heavily. off. This is the second or third time this has happened. This tour, where he walked off his own stage because the crowd was being too loud. Well, there were these. There was a couple guys, I guess, that just kept talking and kept talking, and they were. I'm, I'm not sure if they were heckling, but he was trying to play a song, and he actually stopped and asked them to stop. Like you guys have been talking all fucking night. And then he, he's like, I don't have to be up here doing this. I can leave. And then I can't remember what song he was playing from Stained. He goes, you know what? It's fucking ironic because this song is literally me saying thank you to all of you. And I, and I can't even sing it. So, yeah, I'm gone. Mm. And he walked off stage. That's sad because I've, I've, I've had the, the privilege. And that's how I'm going to stand by saying it that way. The privilege of seeing him live. Um I've had the, I haven't had the privilege of seeing Stained live. I have, but I have seen his I solo have. stuff. I have too, actually. And his solo set, because I I don't think it's changed very much since the first time I saw him. But it was it was incredible. I mean, he plays a lot of like of his own new original country stuff, some Stained stuff, and then also he he does some like 
some really cool old country covers mm-hmm. and stuff like that that he pulls out of the hat. I'd really like to see him live in his in his uh, acoustic sets. Well, he, well, he's so relaxed, he's so laid back. It's, it's, well, it's such a different vibe. I paid twenty five bucks to see basically a stained concert without it being a stained concert, which you really should see. I mean, you won't be able to now, right? But, uh, um, I saw their it was their last tour. It was they were tour, they were still touring on uh, uh, their self titled. The mm-hmm. last album they did, obviously, uh, and it was Uproar Festival, and holy shit, was it such a good time seeing Stained play all the songs that I fucking loved. I saw them in '06 at Mayday. They headlined Mayday. This was 2012. This, this, this was '06. It was them and Three Days Grace, back when they were still hitting it hot off their second album. I think it was good uh, album. But, One uh, X. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. And I, I think uh, early Flyleaf was there. Ooh. Man, I would have loved to see fucking early Flyleaf. Um, Lacey Sturm's such a bitch, though. Yeah, they're uh, all bitches. Ten Years, is that the name of the band? Ooh. Yeah. My friend Luke is drumming for them. Oh, cool. But it was, you know, this was stained. They were touring off of Chapter 5. As, as, as yeah, 2005, 2006. Yeah. yeah, so they were touring on that, so they played a lot from that. They, of course, played, the, like, all their big hits. And I'll, I'll never fucking forget uh, Aaron's guitar tech at the time used to be Dimebag Daryl's guitar tech mm-hmm. so he came on stage trapped on the guitar and they played a song in tribute to Dime fuck yeah and they played this love where Aaron was just on vocals oh yes I've heard that cover it's good I've heard I've heard their cover of this love and I've heard their cover of uh, Sober um, that's cool. a good one you know what's funny I saw it's a funny. meme today uh, was like 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 normal people after they first get exposed to Tool, and it was a it was Donald Trump's like I'm like a really smart person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> so I saw that. so speaking of that, like my bucket list concerts is really tough because Pearl Jam doesn't tour that much anymore. Um, I've seen them once before, but I feel like that's not enough. I feel like I feel I feel like. I, Whenever Pearl Jam announces their final tour with as much controversy as they had in the 90s with Ticketmaster and all that bullshit, you know, it wouldn't feel right for me to not not be a part of their final tour. Um, and then uh, Temple of the Dog was my number one bucket list, and uh, we lost Chris Cornell, and yeah, it wouldn't feel right. Just watching Eddie get up there and jam without Chris, so that's off the table. Metallica's obviously up there, and Tool. I mean, that's that's my bucket list. I if Metallica ever comes back around, I'm gonna make it my goal to go back, and I'm gonna make it my goal to try and get other people to go. Fuck yeah! Because it, it, for as I about went to this one but. for for as for as old as they are, for them to still being able to play at the level that they're playing. I mean, some of these songs are fucking hard to play. Right. Even for like a, like a young dude on guitar, learning these these picking rhythms and some of these fat. I have no doubt that they forget that shit, and then they have to sit there and go in the tuning room. Oh yeah, that one. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, you got you got to think too the the vocal strain. You know, for, for yeah. damn near you know forty years, forty it plus years of fucking in his live singing voice. Yeah. I heard a couple times where he kind of like kind of squealed. <laughs> Where <laughs> he was like, but I mean, the thing is, you're in a live setting. You're seeing one of your favorite bands live. Well, that's one of the things. One of the reasons he went to he did he got vocal training during the Black Album or before the Black Album. Well, because well, so, because he blew his voice out. Yeah, because he, he 
so you'd, you'd think he'd have a much better control of it by this point. Yeah, but I mean... Uh, but I just mean age. I mean... To an if, extent, if you yeah. take If you take any of the guitars that are in the corner of that room and don't ever change the strings and just strum the fuck out of them for 40-some years... I mean, I mean, you're absolutely right. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna struggle a little bit. They're not gonna sound. I have no doubt that he has a that he has a cool down period that he goes through afterwards, where he's like, "Yeah, Chill, don't talk to me for a while." I mean, vocal cords are, are vocal folds, as they're referred to now. They're they're much different than guitar strings, and I I, I get what you were trying to say, but uh, they at least heal and replenish themselves. The body can only heal one object so many times before it mm-hmm. doesn't heal it anymore. Depending on how far you strain it, he sounded pretty good uh, for the most part. Well, the, the thing about a Metallica show is, and and this what's what was so cool about it is that like he actively encourages the crowd to sing. Fuck yeah! And he tries to like like so master of puppets. There's like the whole pre-chorus at one point we sang it. Come crawling faster, obey your master. And, and he was gonna sing, and he just went, dig it!" <laughs> and he's just like, "Come on!" And then at one point. I don't remember. I don't remember what song it was. Now, but it, but he but he he stopped playing guitar and just picked up the mic. Said, "All right, the, the, you know this one's on you. You know yeah. you do it. You know, like like you guys do it." He wants that. That's awesome. Number one is probably less work for him, <laughs> less work on his voice. But then again, it's like you have twenty thousand people who love your music this much to yell and scream it back at you. Mm-hmm. That's got to be like an adrenaline thing that I can't even describe. Mm-hmm. Well, just think, I mean, just think about, not even the adrenaline, but think about how, as an artist, what kind of a feel-good moment that would be. Like, I have, t- you know, you, you brought up the oldest person in the crowd and the youngest person in the crowd. Mm-hmm. I have touched, I have touched people's lives, we have touched people's lives for over 40 years. And this guy's 80. And he's fucking, he is taking what time he has on Earth yeah. to spend it with us. And this little boy is six. He's got the rest of his life to enjoy what we've created, and I, I, I just think that's fucking badass. James interacted with another kid uh, that that was eleven. He was like, he's like, he's like, how old are you? Like, like eleven? He's like, he's like, and then he was just kind of talking to him and just kind of be like being really cool and like, like, you're eleven and you're at the front row at your first Metallica concert. Fuck yes. <laughs> yeah. James is really cool. Uh, he, uh, everybody sounded great. I would encourage everybody to go if you have never seen them live to go do it. Uh, of course, they have countless DVDs, countless of live albums. Yeah, it, it doesn't it doesn't capture the magic when you're in the moment. It, and it's funny because it didn't really fucking hit me. I was watching. It was great. It was interacting. You know, doing all this stuff, and it didn't fucking hit me here in the heart for this being the first band that I ever got into on this level. They introduced me to a whole slew of new, uh, different subgenres of the metal genre. It wasn't until like the middle of Master of Puppets where they do the little breakdown mm-hmm. that it fucking like that I got emotional about it, and I'm like, motherfucker, I can die. <laughs> that goes back to what you were saying. It's a religious experience. Yeah, like Metallica. I mean, they're not just a band at this point. They're, they're not. It is a religious experience. Well, like they it's are funny. essentially the gods of metal at this point. Well, and it's funny because like at their live show, they make it a point to hammer into everybody. It's like you are all here. It's like we do not care what you eat. 
We don't care who you voted for. We don't care what you have in between your legs. We're all united by the love of music, and we are all family. Yeah. You know, you can't, I mean, from, from an artist, you can't ask for any more than that. You just can't. For, for like, people can say whatever they want about the genre of music that we like. You can't talk bad about Metallica. Because they are, they are the gold standard of, of what an artist should be. They have had a lot of ups. They have had maybe more downs than they've had ups as far as, as a group and as far as, uh, you know, group to fan base and all that. And they're still here. They're still providing nothing but quality music. And they fully embrace their fan base. And they're very humble and understand that we have to be a family. Otherwise, we can't have shit like that anymore. Well, and, and it's funny because I remember you uh, you said just a few minutes ago about how like you've been anti-merch for the last few years. There are so many different artists and so many different musicians that are coming out now. And they're like, yeah, dude, Lars was right back in the early 2000s about this whole music thing changing now. Like, he took the brunt. He was, he was the one that was like on... On the news with the big list of the usernames, everybody that stole their music, you know, he took the brunt of it all. Even though you had Madonna, Dr. Dre, other people who were like, yes, this motherfucker, we're with him. But they weren't the ones that were right. getting interviewed or going in front of Congress yeah. or anything. It was Lars Ulrich. And granted, he had nothing better to do at the time because the band was in shambles. But he he's like we need to protect ourselves and our business because mm-hmm. it's going to change and that is one reason why merch is being so important even with a band like Metallica because like they now own themselves they had they were lucky enough to have made enough money in their career to be able to buy their stuff back right that is millions of dollars and you've got bands like Creedence Clearwater Revival that for the rest of time <clears throat> will never own any of their shit nope. ever again. That was one thing with Def Leppard. Mm-hmm. Def Leppard doesn't own a lot of their masters. That's why they were re-recording them. Uh-huh. You know, I've said the same thing uh, with Iced Earth, and then he's like, I want to re-record some of this stuff because I want to actually own it. Because I will never be able to afford... Sony uh, Sony Entertainment's not just going to give me my music back. They're not going to... No, they're in this to make what little money they can off of my music, and that's the price that you pay when you sign a music deal. Uh, to get you know published and put out there, but uh, the merch is what the, the touring and the merch is what keeping is what's putting money in these artists' pocket because they're gonna make a they're gonna make a cut and some money off the album depending on how big you you know that all varies right, but it's the merch that you know it's the merch has been rising but so has the cost of them being on the road. When I when I bought this shirt, this shirt was forty five dollars. That's a bit steep for me. <laughs> I don't like to spend that much money on shirts. But I was not leaving that place without a shirt. And when I saw the stage production that they put on and how intricate it is, I'm like, I can see why. Because they're paying all of these people yeah, to go on the road yeah. with them. They're, they're paying people to rub them down before and after shows. They're paying people to get their, their, their clothes ready, to get them make sure that they are dressed at a certain point. 
like this isn't just a band on tour. They 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 have to have an itinerary right. to keep people to have people hired to keep them on track to make sure like they are micromanaged to a T because they have to be because how how easy would it be to be lost right and get lost? Oh crap! I need to go do this. So they have all these people on mm-hmm. hand. And they're a much bigger production, but when it goes down to even smaller bands, for for those that aren't making the squillions of dollars that maybe Metallica makes, or or that should I say that they are recouping from buying their own shit, and then also the failure of their film, they spent like thirty million dollars on that film, <laughs> and so they they as they're trying to make up for that, obviously. And and, and definitely <laughs> let me let me. Um backtrack a little bit and rephrase my anti-merch statement a uh, perfect example when we went to the breaking benjamin concert uh, yeah. this past summer there was a flannel that i pointed out to blaine a flannel shirt with their logo on it it was 85 dollars. okay yeah that's that's unnecessary now absolutely now will i will i buy a t-shirt absolutely i just don't want to wait in line for two hours to buy a t-shirt i got pretty lucky you know that's that's my anti-merch statement I got pretty lucky. I got in the merch line at 6.20 and got to my seat probably around 7.10. So you were in line about 40 minutes? Give that with the mixture of like I had to actually walk to my seat and find it. And, and that was a that was a bit of a bit of a trek because of how big the place is. Right. But all in all, it wasn't too bad. Uh, they had um, – I mean, see, so yeah, some of the merch stuff, like there was like a hoodie. There, there was like 85 90 bucks if you go higher to the two X. I'll pay ninety bucks for a sweatshirt all day. Um, but a flannel, a flannel shirt, come on now. Yeah, yeah, eighty five dollars is ridiculous. They did have uh, at every city they go to. Metallica has custom artwork for the city. Ooh, I didn't know that. Uh, so I don't, I, I don't remember what all the ones they had for Indy. I remember the one that was kind of a mock up of like the Pacers logo. Where it had like the yellow circle with the Metallica star emblem, or whatever, and uh, yeah, so they do that for every city they go to now. Wow! So that's kind of cool. They every every event has its own poster with artwork. I don't know who they commissioned to do it all, but you can buy the poster for like forty five bucks. That's or, cool. It's like a pretty high quality. It's not a huge poster, but it's pretty high quality little poster. And then they actually, um, if you scan your ticket on MetallicaLive.com. You get a free download of the show that you that, that you went. To. Oh, that's cool. So, that's yeah. badass. That'd be really neat to go back and re-listen to it to see if they cut any of the interaction out with the crowd. Yeah, if it's just the music straight up uh, because they didn't always go right into the next song. You know, there was a you know a, a, like a few little hijinks kind of going on, but hmm. you know, my wife sent me the grocery list. <laughs> oh boy, I wonder if Joe's still watching. Okay, so I thought she was asking for donuts, but she said, but she wrote "do not," but it came out "donut." <laughs> donut now. Donut. I don't know, man. I don't know. Joe Joe tends to like pop in. He lurks. He's he, a lurker. He lurks here and there. It's not every time. He lurks here. He lurks there. Joe lurks I think, everywhere. I think he's only lurking this time because Brandon's here. Probably. Maybe. I don't know. But uh, Joe play his vinyl. Joe, if you're here, comment. Not a lot, but they have some vinyl now. Cool. Their whole new stock. It's like a whole new store, dude. They have like those like decorative tin stuff they have out of Hobby Lobby and shit. It was pretty cool. Did you happen to see my like theory on what happened there? I did, and it's not true. No? No. Okay. 
No. Well, it, I'm, that makes me happy then. No, it no. makes me happy because the uh, owner was in there when I was in there, and they were all like, like talking and like being relieved, and they actually took a whole like group picture for everybody who was still there. Yeah. Um, for those listening, like uh, my my theory on so disc replay, they were closing. They said they couldn't make a, they couldn't come to an agreement with the owner. They the were landlord. Like, the landlord, and they the were raising prices on them, and so miraculous so they they decided to liquidate their entire stock and my theory was oh they they had a bunch of useless shit that they couldn't sell in there so they were just liquidating their stock fire sale style and uh then oh suddenly they're fine again it doesn't make any sense to do that because the dude has another store he owns another store okay uh that's why they're able to get so much stock back because the other store i'm not sure where the other store is i assume it's a much bigger city because like they were able to kind of restock the store fast. Didn't you say there was one up north? Well, there. Uh, I'm not sure if it's the same owner. The, the, the one up near Nate's in Highland, and then that's a really cool store to go to. They've got a lot of toy collectibles and whatnot. <laughs> Insert Joe's laugh, aka the Rumble Strip. <laughs> but I mean, I went in uh, on Saturday uh, after work and to just look around. It's funny because. Like, even though they have so much, I, I I went in there purposely because they were showing pictures of stuff that they were going to be getting. Like, so like pop vinyls and there was a, an Edward and Einstein pop from Cowboy Bebop. Cool. Einstein's a very popular character <laughs> in our household. Both me and my wife love that little Corgi. So I, she, I, she has like a little pop, random pop stuff like what Blaine has where it's like Bob Ross and then like, uh, Toothless and, uh, Oogie Boogie. Fuck and yeah. now Ed and Ein. Cowboy Bebop. So I, I am just Oogie for Boogie. That. But, I, yeah, they had some vinyl and um, had some old school vinyl, some Judas Priest. Uh, they had a Rush record in there. Uh, the Judas Priest stuff, there was one, uh, British Steel was in there and it was used, it was old. Uh, it was like 15 bucks though and it's just like, eh, I, I can get a brand new pressing of that for about the same price. <laughs> Calvin goes, toothless? <laughs> <laughs> the, the one thing in there that I found that I, on vinyl that I was like, <gasps> And I'm like, was angry at myself because I'm not, I'm in a zero spending, cannot spend money on myself. This whole concert was pre-planned. Preach it, it, my man. Preach it. Angry again. Angry. uh, Anyway. (laughs) So I found a Blind Guardian record. Ooh. Holy shit. And I'm like, and it's a colored one. It's used. And it, 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 it's got like a, I looked it up on the, on the app and it's selling for 30 bucks. And I'm just like. And it's like there. It's a record from like the early '90s. It was like some like like the Lord of the Rings stuff is on there. Not Bard Song. It didn't have Bard Song. That was the album before that. <sighs> it, trust me. It. I was like sitting there because I because I, I had the pop, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna look around for some other stuff, something else to buy other than one pop, right? Because if you go in there, I'm not sure how long they're doing it. If you go in there and then you check in on Facebook and let try try spread the word that they're still around and that they're gonna be staying around. They'll give you 15% off. Fuck yeah. Sweet. So then I'm like, so then I paid like face dollar pretty much for the pop. So it like, I paid like $9 for it, you know, but I was looking around for some other stuff and me being where I'm at collecting wise, the few things I'm actually on the hunt for, they don't have. (laughs) You find Joe in there? No, no, but I did tell him, um, (laughs) I told him about, about the vinyl though. Okay. A lot of the vinyl in there is kind of old stuff you don't ever want to buy. He would. You want, you want more shit like the Independence Day soundtrack. Don't you have that? 
No, I have Top Gun. Top Gun, that's I what it Top was. Gun. And you get the speed soundtrack for Nick. There you go. That that see, that's, <laughs> that's the next, the next step. On um, on what platform? On vinyl. Vinyl. Well. Well, okay. Why stop there? We also need to find the movie on video CD, which is a uh, format native to Japan. I I actually have the Matrix I on video. If they CD. have HD DVD. I never see. I don't know if that movie ever came out on that. Ooh. Yeah, you see, we gotta find it. But um, they have a lot of Arch Enemy. Oh. Vinyl Interesting. So I, I thought that was kind of cool, but. It was just a matter of like, oh, cool. Let me look at this, and uh, they have a ton of pops. They have way more pops than what they had before. Okay. They have the entire like Avengers series that like in gold. That's oh dang- wow, that's dangerous. Don't tell me that. But like, Nate got me a venomized Hulk. Oh, that's nice, nice. And he has he has reignited my pop addiction. I looked, and they had one Mass Effect Andromeda one, and I asked if they had any more because I'm on the hunt for Garrus. Because uh, even if I don't get the other two, I gotta have my homeboy Garrus, and uh, he's like, "No, we don't have them." But it, it's really cool. I'm very happy the store's sticking around because this means uh, that the other place that is very, very bad to go, she's probably gonna go out of business. Good. I heard uh, she tried to buy the place. Well, she. Uh, the rumor was is that she was gonna move into that same place because she can't pay the bills at where she's at. Apparently, now this is all hearsay from Tim. Tim is the guy at work. He's, he, he works at BBC. He's our hookup with news on her because he goes in there all the time to talk to her and all that. He learned Station 16 today. Did he? Against his will. Because <laughs> Todd, they didn't send us Todd, so he they sent, they sent somebody else to do Quality Gate. And then I, we were left like, what the fuck? And so I was like, all right, Tim, you're going to learn 16 left. <laughs> anyway. Makes me feel important. Um. We're starting to run a little long here. Yeah, we are. We're uh, you're a little long. We're hitting it. Um, we are now at the eight o'clock. Before mm-hmm. we before we uh, head out, sh- should we do it, Brandon? Yeah. The triggering. Yeah. I think we will. It's been a while. We've been feeling pretty good most of the episode. It's yeah. been a while since Tyler was triggered. No, look I at think, him. He's scared now. I he think goes, you're legit gonna. I should have waited. I was get, I was triggered uh, at two Butterfinger. hours ago, basically. I should have waited to give him the Butterfinger. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord I think you're legit gonna be triggered tell me lay it down Brandon right, well see here's, and here's the thing is that well like, you see here well he's it, like I, I was never I was told the story so like I was too like I was just like so has has a certain somebody that he used to live with ever asked you for advice yes on a certain aspect of Training. Training. Like raising. Maybe, like maybe a pet. Oh, absolutely. So some someone went on an adventure recently, and we all wondered wh- where did uh where did the pet go? Oh no. Well we I was like, ah, he probably just left it at his mom's. And then other people were like, no, nah, he probably left it at home. Turns out, so take the lead, Brandon. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> I'm trying to figure. I'm trying to come up with the words. The words to vaguely describe this. Well, I mean, it's essentially, essentially, we know that Rocky has some problems, right? Right. You're using the potty, right? Yeah. And there was somebody at work. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody at work 
who who talked who talked to them and basically said that you know nothing about potty training a dog that you didn't know what you're talking about. Okay. This is what this is what this person said to another person, the person that asked you for help. So what happened was this so he was discussing with with her what uh was to happen and basically said, "Yeah, I'm just going to leave him in his cage and then my nephew is going to stop by once or twice a day, feed feed him and let him out and all that." Then she convinced basically convinced him to not that that was stupid. He shouldn't be in a cage all day. And um the she I'm a fan of her. You're a fan. Okay. We're all a fan. She has ovaries. <laughs> she's got a set of ovaries on her. Yes. Okay. Like no, I'm, we're all a fan because she's a genuinely like great person. Mm-hmm. Um she don't take no shit. No. And so she basically said, "No, that's you you shouldn't do that." Like and so he's he, he he can he conceded and said, "Okay, you'll have free reign of the house." Either way, still being left alone and only being visited like once or twice a day. Like what? So then she basically said, "Hey, she brought up the the idea of, hey, you you really probably should get rid of him. You should probably give him to someone who can give the dog the attention that it needs." And you know, he said basically that you know Tyler tried to tell me how to raise him once and I just don't think he knows what he's talking about. Mm. Mm. Well, um, I'm not going to give him the satisfaction of, of getting uh, like Hulk rage, but I will say this, uh, as a person who has bred dogs, who has raised animals of, of all shapes and sizes, um, I've had pets that know how to brush their teeth better than you. And um, <laughs> when you when you learn, and, and this is me saying this as polite as I possibly can, when your dog goes 24 hours without shitting in your house, then you can talk to me about whether or not I know what I'm talking about. So I'm looking at you, floppy debit, snaggletooth, ear Dorito, Captain <laughs> Joe. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's so, ex- it's extremely frustrating. I, I I knew it would set you off because I, I know that you do not like to have your integrity. Question. Oh, absolutely. Well, okay. So I've given a lot of people advice mm-hmm. and, yeah. and I, I have a tendency to dad people. You do. And it's, it's not something that I'm trying to do to belittle people mm-hmm. or impose my will on people. I genuinely want people to succeed. I've had to fight for every scrap of everything that I have in my life. And I have done that totally 100% by my fucking self. Okay? Mm -hmm. There Mm -hmm. has been countless times in my life where I'm like, man, I could really use fucking help. Teach me something. But I've always had to do it by myself. And when I see people in need, here's my take on it. You're that help. That you so desperately want. Here's my take, and I might force it on some people, and that's fine. People can 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 call that out. But if you don't want the advice, tell me up front. If you don't like what I'm saying, tell me up front. 
because I'm giving you my take. Like like when we earlier when we were talking about the 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 beer when you flick the can. Uh-huh. I'm not a fucking physicist. I'm not a veterinarian. I'm not fucking. <laughs> um, uh, uh, an explorer. I'm not an explorer. <laughs> like fuck, I'm a pioneer. I'm kind of a retard. I'm kind of a retard. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, man. Yeah. Like, you you don't you don't got to drag somebody's name through the mud yeah. just because you didn't like what they were saying. Just because you didn't accept their advice and now you're you're paying for it. I don't I don't know. I can feel it. Is my face the same color as my sweatshirt? It's getting there. Yeah, yeah it's getting there. So that that's me progressively getting more mad as I talk. Um, <laughs> I, I I just don't get it. You have you have someone who, and it, and it's not even me talking about this situation right now. It's just us as not get you. Um, when you, we as a species have a tendency when someone does something nice for us, we don't appreciate it, and then we shit on them just for doing something nice. No, you got to look at the source material here. No, I, I I get it. I'm just, I don't know. I'm not even mad. I'm just disappointed. But you shouldn't be surprised. But I'm not surprised. That motherfucker's been talking shit about me since I started there. It's just, I mean, it's fine. Here mm. at Globo Gym, we're better than you, and we know it. <laughs> so, um, I mean, yeah, it is what it is. When I when I came over to A line, I started and I I I was from B line, so I I would just to poke fun at my former B line teammates like such as Jennifer, I would be like, "Here on A line, we're better than you, and we know it." Oh yeah, you said it <laughs> while I was there. Hell yeah. I just don't get it. No, I, I none of us do. None of us do. Like we we all have at some point tried to help said person. Who we've already said in it, their name, but who cares? Uh, we've all tried to help him in one way or another, whether no matter what the advice is for, and he just nah, I don't, I'm, and then and then he'll like go behind your back and just be like, yeah, he was trying to tell me how to live my life or uh, how to do this, but I I, don't, I just don't think he's right. It's like, well, why don't you just say, hey, like, well, it starts off with him complaining. Oh yeah, absolutely. About, about set, well, about whatever, and then it just gets to a point where like you kind of get tired of hearing the the complaint. So then, or or you're actually actively trying to like lend a hand. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, how about how about this? You know, I've maybe I've encountered something like this. Try this, and it, like a lot of times, it's either met with resistance, like wait, like what with what you were just saying, Blaine. Well, he immediately goes on the defensive for everything. Or, or he will just say whatever you want to hear to get you to stop. Yeah. And it's just like, I, 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 I grow weary and tiresome of hearing people complain to hear themselves complain, mm-hmm. you know, and rehearsed. Mm-hmm. I will, when you tell us the different people, the same story, you know, four times a day, five times a day. The thing is, is that like, I try to do my very best not to bitch about anything unless it's something that is a story. It's yeah. Here's something funny. Here's something you might find amusing. You typically have genuine conversation. If you are griping about something, it, it, it's coming from somewhere. Well, and it's like something that we can have a conversation about. Yeah. Not necessarily like, like I have a problem 
and then you say something and me be like, ah, I stubbed no, my toe that. this morning, ripped half my foot off. And so like, I try to do my very best not to do that because I don't want to come off as like being bitchy just to be bitchy or being needy or, or, or there's that, you know, like Pity I, me, dude, I am such a enclosed individual. Like when I'm at home, there's the desire. Oh yeah. That'd be cool if I saw somebody or, or did this. And then I'm like, <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm at home. I, I, I'm, I'm in my safe space. Like, oh, like we were supposed to have company yesterday, right? We were supposed to have two friends come over and uh, two friends that really don't come over very often. And, and like leading up to it, I, I was pretty excited to, to hang out with these people. I was, I was smoked pulled pork and, uh, and all that stuff. Not that we weren't going to do that anyway. He goes, hey, come on over. There's going to be plenty of food, you know? And, you know, then so, 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 something went down and, and we were like, well, okay. Uh, we may or may not come, and if we do, it won't be both of us. Something we kind of had a bad day, and then at that point, I'm like, just, 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 just reschedule. At that point, and she's like, my and my wife is like, oh, okay, why? I'm like, because I don't want to, I don't want to talk to anybody anymore. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, I feel you there, yeah. my man. As soon I as do, I had I really that do. moment, it's like I'm not like in any way. I'm not angry at them whatsoever for them having a bad day and pulling out of plans. If anything, it made it to where that, that at that point is it was like I don't want the what if scenario of somebody's coming over. I want the I want to sit here and cuddle and be just like I snuggled up in my in my blanket on my chair, going, I just want to chill and not interact with any other person mm-hmm. right now. So that that reminds me of last week. So last week for podcast fee, I did a solo cast. Yeah, uh, I was it was originally supposed to be myself, Matt, and another guest. Matt, out of nowhere, was like, hey, I can't make it because of this legit reason. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I don't have the mental capacity to handle one-on-one right now. So I immediately hit up Tyler. I was like, can you I – know, I know we agreed that every other week, you know, you one, one with Matt, one with Tyler, one with Matt, one with Tyler. And if come together, cool. But um, he's like, no, nah, dude, I can't. I was like, okay, cool. At no point was I ever mad at anybody mm-hmm. or, or or disappointed or held anything against anybody. Like, I was just like, well, fuck it. Like, I, I'm really tired. I don't have the mental capacity to handle a one-on-one conversation. I need other people to feed off of. Uh, I mean, you, you, both, you both know that I need I, – I, I have a hard time with one-on-ones a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, even if it's just hanging out with somebody. Right. So, which is totally the opposite of how it used to be because I used to be, like, back in high school and early college days, I used to only want one-on-one because people act differently around different people. Right. And, like, Matt, I I will say this about Matt right now. He was one of those people that if I was one-on-one with him, he'd be a completely different person. But as soon as other people came in, all of a sudden it's let's make fun of Blaine time. And that, that accounted for any of those people that he he would be hanging out with. Like, if I was one-on-one, totally cool. As soon as I... I like the hang loose that you just threw out there. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and, and it never bothered me. It never bothered me to the point where I, I had to say something and be like, guys, fuck off. It, it was just like, okay, cool. I, I just prefer like this. If we're all hanging out in a group, we'll have a good time, whatever, make fun of me. But if I want personal connection, it's one-on-one, and I crave the personal connection a lot more. 
know, um, uh, like last week, uh, Tyler's, Tyler was on our show on, uh, over on Game Addicts Which Podcast. I really enjoyed, by the way. Thank and, you. And, uh, you know, Mike was supposed to be there. Mike's been dealing with a lot of crap going on with his health Yeah. Uh, here recently. And it's it's been getting worse before it's going to get better. And he felt fucking terrible about pulling out. And I'm like, there's nothing in this world that is more important. Like, what we are doing, we're having fun. We're producing content. We should never overextend ourselves Mm -hmm. to just produce content for the sake of that. Because that's when you encounter the, man, this is not genuine. Right. You know, I said, I told him straight up, do not worry about this. Do not feel bad. Do not have any sort of, like, you you just fucking chill out. Well, and then, you know, Mike messaged me and apologized. And I was like, don't ever fucking apologize to me for taking care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We as a society don't ever fucking do that today. Mm-hmm. The, there was no way that having Tyler on the show was I not going to have a good time or a good conversation, right? Or and and, and it, that went above and beyond. That was one of my one of my more fun episodes because it was I had loosely planned it, but we just let it flow. And, yeah, you know, with Mike kind of going through what he's been going through, it. For his interaction, sometimes it, it, he like has problems with staying focused, mm-hmm. so he needs to have everything kind of written out verbatim, right? This is what we're talking about. This is what we're talking I about. I can see gotta, that. I got to have this up. I got to have this up because he's struggling at the moment with all this pressure, like on his brain, for when you're talking to him, he's he's looking at you and he's listening. And all of a sudden, he just kind of like zones out for a second, so that it's almost like a stopgap. He's actually lost moments of time that way, like chunks of time, where he zones out for like five minutes and doesn't realize he lost five minutes. Wow. It's getting pretty bad. And he feels so bad. I'm like, do not whatsoever feel bad. I'm like, what we are doing is not that important. In the grand scheme of things, no, absolutely not. No, absolutely not. We're having fun. You're having fun, you know. You got to take care of yourself first. And I've, I've mentioned that to Tyler and Matt on several occasions. These types of things operate when we are at our best. Absolutely. And if you are not at your best, you shouldn't be doing it. Because our audiences don't want to hear that. No, absolutely not. You need to be you need to be at the top of your game for yourself mm-hmm. in order to be at the top of the game for these guys. Well, and the thing listening, is, watching, yeah. Whether or not you change your release schedule, like like we have done, and we've done it multiple times. Mm-hmm. When we're on point, we're going, and we're trucking every week. If we need to pull it back, we have the freedom. Because I know those people that listen to my show are going to continue to do so when we release it. You know, whether or not we feel bad that we missed a week or did something like that, guess what? That happens. That's life. They're going to catch me on the next one. Mm-hmm. You know, Podcastrophy, and- we have a couple, several different safety nets. Three co-hosts, they can do a show together. Mm-hmm. Him and I can do a show. Matt and I can do a show mm-hmm. together. We have backlog that we can just throw up there. If none of us can do it. I'm really liking your little quick little Facebook interactions too. Thank you. you. Yes, like, those like are nice. You go live and it's just like, especially for when like, like like those periods of times where maybe you might be absent from the actual main show. I like that. Thank you. I started doing stuff like that um, until I kind of hit my uh, my emotional road bump. I started doing something called Game Addicts Plus, where I was like on a Sunday morning or Sunday mm-hmm. afternoon, if I was going to be doing something or streaming anyway. Just just get on there and pick a couple news news topics that might that we may have talked about or may maybe will or maybe won't, mm-hmm. and just use that as a more 
uh, interactive, you know, because it was originally just that was before we started streaming on Facebook uh, for the main show. But it was only going to be on Facebook, more interactive with people because it's harder for our show. Like when 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 Blaine was commenting, he was commenting, and other people were commenting while we were having such a good dialogue. Right. Yeah. I don't want to interrupt that. Just to I was just being an ass. I know you you, were. You know how I do. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I think I'm going to start doing that kind of on a weekly, I'd like that a on lot. a weekly basis. I, the first time that I did that, I was like, you know what? One of my favorite parts of Family Guy is when Peter's on the news and he does. What really grinds, what grinds my gears. You know what really grinds my gears? Yeah, that's, that's what I thought of too. That's one of my favorite parts of Family Guy, and I was like, man, you know, you brought it up about me earlier in the show. Like when I am bothered by something. It is worthy of being bo- <laughs> of bothering me, mm-hmm. because I mean, especially now, like, like I've already cooled down about the whole Joe thing. If Joe wants to abuse his dog, that's his business. It doesn't it it doesn't affect me. But I have said it from the beginning: that dog does not deserve to be abused. It's an innocent animal. It's an animal. Yeah. So Joe, if you want to keep abusing your dog, that's fine. May or may not make it so you don't have that dog anymore. Keep testing me, uh, but it's not my business. I don't. I don't need to get fucking worked up about it. Um, but people, people shitting on Captain Marvel before it's even in the theater—that's <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Yeah. What? What if? What if people would have done that for for DBZ Broly, or for you know Dragon Ball Super Broly? I would have been equally as pissed off, and that movie probably wouldn't have been able to survive it. No. At least in North America. No. You know it's what? just dumb. It's dumb. It's fucking dumb. No, I, I, I know. I, I completely agree with you. And there was one day at work where I was like thinking of these things that just really annoy me. And Arby's really annoys me. Arby's? <laughs> Arby's. What part of Arby's? A lot of it. Like the, the cool like stuff that they do on a weekly basis where no, they do no, like cool anime no, stuff? That, okay. The pop culture stuff. Them and Wendy's are like. Oh, yeah. Like, they, Wendy's they, Twitter is fucking lit, They've got fam. that shit figured out. <laughs> But no, Arby's. Number one, it's more expensive. And yes. I can dig it because their food is normally pretty damn good. When you order, like when, like when I go there, I like to try something brand new that they just came out with it to see what it's like. And it's always usually pretty top notch. The things that piss me off about it are they're charging you more, and yet their, their fry container, it, it's like you're buying a bag of Lay's. Because these curly fries are so dense and so big, they block the sides of it to prevent more fries falling to the bottom. So therefore, when you get these, and you can look down in it, and you can see the space. You, there's like that much air not being filled with any sort of fries. Somebody else finally gets it. And I'm just like, these motherfuckers are cheating me. And then I'm like, like and you want some Arby's sauce? Yeah, load me up some Arby's sauce. Give me two. Two are, I said load me up, motherfucker. <laughs> they did load you up. You were only gonna get one of the little cups. <laughs> we'll give you a we'll give you a nickel of Arby sauce. I wanna reiterate you that know. there was a news story. There was a news story that went around where a guy got frozen in his car and survived off a of Taco Bell packets. <laughs> they gave him enough packets to survive a nuclear winter. <laughs> Damn it. You know, a, a while ago we were we were in the Taco Bell drive through line and Miranda and her she was drunk <laughs> okay she's like I want a lot of mild sauce so I told the dude I was like we want a lot of mild sauce he's like alright bro and he literally I literally watched him pick up basically the whole little tub of it 
scooped it up with as, as much as he could fit in his hands. With and his meat hooks. Just dumped it in the bag. You know what he is? We still have a bunch of them. You know what that guy? That guy is a prime stoner. Okay, they, He gets the, it. Those guys, yeah, he does. And that's why they work at Taco Bell. Because they <laughs> get it. Because they're hoping, maybe, just maybe, they'll be able to swipe some more Taco Bell for themselves for when they have the munchies later. Right, right, right. right. And Arby's, Arby's is too high class. They don't hire those those weed abusers like that. You know, you devil's lettuce, my man. Dude, like you pull into Arby's and the dude's wearing like a sweater. And you're like <laughs> that reefer madness. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, like Arby's just it's almost like every single time where the wife is like, "Do you want Arby's?" I say no out of principle at this point because I'm tired of getting ripped off. Now, the only thing, the only uh the only the only way I'm going to challenge you on Arby's is when they have the two for six euros, their fucking euros are pretty good. They are really, and I only have to wait like three minutes for them. So now, that that's the only time I'll challenge you. Everything was, else, you're fucking spot on. So like, you get the coupons, right? You get the coupons. Gotta get go the coupons. Get, because I mean, it makes it makes it a little bit more affordable for us plebes. But uh, I used to do the coupons for Arby's. Matt and I did. We had yeah. Arby's Wednesday. They got good. They have real good fucking uh, mozzarella sticks. We too. ended up going and getting like a bunch of like just roast beef sandwiches, right? No, no beef and cheddar, just roast beef. She wants beef and cheddar. For me, I love the beef and cheddar. But if I want to just roast beef sandwiches, I'll fucking run up, run up to Meyer real quick. I'll grab you a pack of cheddar. We'll make it at home. Exactly. We'll get the roast beef. We'll microwave. The I have cheddar. an entire photo album dedicated to Arby's Wednesday. Wow, you would. Let's 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 view this real quick. Is well, that fucking Matt? Yeah, that's Matt. Oh God, kill it with fire. That, that, is, <laughs> that is Matt. Matt, what's wrong with you? That's me. Yeah, you look awful with fucking goggles. We're on? In goggles. Yep. How old were that you? Was, those were my chemistry. That was just was junior year. What is wrong with you? A lot at this you point. You have Down syndrome. <laughs> One time, Arby's gave us like seven extra sandwiches. That was basically Arby's back pay. Right. You know we've over we've overcharged you for this ro- for this bar ass fucking this budding beef for nine years. Here's your seven extra sandwiches. We're square now. There's some like extra. Pictures. Oh my gosh! Look at that. That oh, was yeah. your hair. That was my hair. In fact, Jesus Christ. Um. All right. Are we ready to wrap it up? I think we're close to being at the end there, Bill. All right, Brandon, plug away. Hey guys, well thank you guys so much for having me back here on the great show that is Podcastrophy. I love yeah. hanging out with you guys. I love making you guys run late every single time that I'm, time that I'm on. Uh, but of course you can check me out over at the Game Addicts Podcast. We are also live on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Game Addicts Play. We're live every other Wednesday. We're also on Twitch. It's the same uh, username. We're also on podcast services around the world. You name it, we're on it. If we're not, let me know. I'll make it so... And, of course, if you missed the live stream on Facebook or Twitch, it gets uploaded to YouTube on Friday, so you can also see our beautiful faces. You should sell propane and propane accessories. <laughs> well, you, You've wait. got that fucking thing down. It even rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it. sometimes it comes out more fluid than others. It, it, just, it all just depends. I want to buy your podcast. Well, good. <laughs> you uh, just sold it to me. <laughs> all right, let's hear you do it, Blake. All right, as always, you can check us out live every Tuesday, roughly around 5.30 or 6 on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. And we'll also uh, live stream any extra content we do if we so decide. Uh, otherwise, you can check us out on Podcast Free Pod at, po- at podbean.com. You can check us out on iTunes and Spotify. 
uh, working on Stitcher, working on Stitcher and Google Play. Uh, as our little uh, image says, we have Google Play, but we don't. Um, and if you haven't already, if you're on our feed and haven't, check out the Journey into Comics Network. I'm not going to plug all the shows that that's at the beginning of this episode. So. Uh, you get a ton of shows with content by the likes of you'll probably find something. <laughs> so check out the Journey into Comics Network. They host us. Are you going to plug this Friday show uh, here on the feed? Oh, 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 maybe I will. Well, you might as well. Uh, this Friday, uh, if you're listening, it'll be tomorrow. Um, we are doing like basically like a prequel episode of Game of King Chair where we dive into the recent uh, Game of Thrones final season trailer drop. So be sure to tune in and check that out. Uh, I don't know exactly who all is going to be on, but we're going to dive into it. We're going to talk about the Game of Thrones trailer and get you hyped for the new season as if you weren't already. So check that out. Also check out the Fun for Funs uh, show coming up March 23rd. It's in two weeks. It's $10. You get live podcasts for a few hours, and then you get live music. There's also live comedy. Uh, you're, you're helping us raise funds for our network, and you're helping raise hype for LafiCon and our network. So just come check it out. Have a good time. The live music includes bands such as my own, band number one. You got Which is killer. Which I, is killer. Let's, let's, awesome. let's interject that in there. Band number one fucking rocks. And no, Jennifer, my plugs are not as smooth as Brandon. Better than if, <laughs> better than if I were to do it. Uh, you know, there's a lot of cool stuff coming to this feed as well. Uh, as you said, Game of King Chair is going to be a whole new mm-hmm. podcast dedicated to Game of Thrones for this season. Just for six episodes. There's the, there, well, right, but there's the there's it's a mini the, series, uh, new metal show that you have with Nick Max. In yep, here. happy fun metal time. And there's going to be more Dick. stuff coming in the very, very near future that we will be getting to very shortly. Oh yeah, looking forward to that. Definitely. But if that is all, that is all. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for watching. And thank you, Brandon, for joining yet yeah, again. Yeah, thanks for hanging out with us. Hey, no problem, For this guys. awesome episode 80, The Talons of Freedom. And thank you, Tyler. Thank you. For coming back. I've got one more thing to say. Say it. Fuck off, Joe Grimes. <laughs> all right. Sending all of our big dick energy your way. Please make every day a big dick day. Bye, guys. Later. Hey guys, Deadpool here. Just wanted to tell you about a little event that's happening on March 23rd. Fun for Funs, it's a Journey into Comics Network event. Featuring live podcasts from Bruce with Dudes. 
podcastrophy, Dungeons with Dudes, and Journey into Comics, as well as performances by band number one, Boner Jovi. Ooh, that sounds fun. Walk Among Us, Yesterday's Chips, also featuring live stand-up by comedian Patrick Murray. He's so much fun. Presented by Journey into Comics Network and the Doom Room, North and Pub, Lafayette, Indiana, Doors for Three, Podcasts at Four with Bands at 730, $10, it's 21 and up, don't try to sneak in, you silly kids. <laughs>